lots of land and the starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Let me be by myself in the evening breeze. Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees. Send me off forever, but I ask you please. Don't fence me in. Good morning this morning, good morning this morning, good morning, happy Monday, happy Monday everybody, good morning to Pick up my copy of the, uh, of the evening world before I came in today. Read the evening world. Oh, they, they are... Unabashed when it comes to talking about crime in St. Louis. Oh yeah, they they don't pull any punches in the evening world. There's no such thing as alleged in the evening world. It's all you're guilty. It's like they have an article here about a woman. Killed her baby. Charged with it, really. Murder Mama Posse they have. Do they have uh, wife beaters and sweetheart mistreaters in here still? They used to have uh, a whole section called wife beaters and sweetheart mistreaters in here. They also had a uh, a thing called the gun club. They don't do that anymore in, in here, apparently. Uh... And yeah, they don't. They used to have. They used to have. Uh, and they they get pictures of kids uh, blazing blunts, little children blazing blunts with parents. And uh, <laughs> there's a <laughs> there's a headline here. One of them is uh, is Daryl out here robbing banks? That's the uh, that's the <laughs> and they got a picture of Daryl apparently in there. As well, so they don't. They don't. They, these guys hold the city accountable for its crime. They don't whitewash it or do any of that other baloney. Welcome to Sinner Lewis. Yeah, Kim's my hero is the uh, headline there, which of course is uh, 
it doesn't seem to be very true that uh, that, that they actually think she's a hero. She's, they're they're actually seemingly mocking her. But we'll uh, we'll see. If we can talk to old Marcation about uh, all that. Uh, the reality of crime, the reality of ba- abandoned buildings, like the Post-Dispatch actually did a good article about abandoned buildings in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, we know a little bit about how it came about. I didn't really read enough to see whether or not they blame the right people for the situation regarding abandoned buildings in St. Louis and the fact that there are people who bought them up and just squatting on them. And just so happens many of them were campaign donators to the aldermen who uh, are overseeing these communities where there's so many abandoned buildings. So we'll follow up on that. Also going to have uh, Mark address this issue regarding Kavanaugh, this uh, this bullcrap deal uh, with these allegations against Kavanaugh. And the, the fact of the matter is what's going to happen is ultimately – this is going to be delayed. This is the, the, the anti-Trump Republicans are going to come out in force. There'll be just enough of them uh, to where they want. I mean, you, you think Susan Collins is still going to vote for Kavanaugh after all this? Even if it's not true, who cares, right? You got Lindsey Graham saying that she needs to be heard and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, in spite of the fact that they, they're utilizing some therapist notes that have uh, that, that aren't even congruent with the woman's own account of the story. And she's now claiming that it, well, the therapist got it wrong, not me. It was it, it's 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 the therapist who recorded the notes uh, inaccurately. So that's why this is all uh, happening. So you know, it's unbelievable. Hey, Michael, uh, thanks for tuning into the show, man, uh, from uh, Ulsan, South Korea. Wow. Okay, I'm here on business, and uh, let's see, all good. At 8 p.m. local time there in South Korea. So, Michael, uh, thanks a ton for listening to the show there, man. It just goes to show you this app is uh, is working. I know some people have some issues with it one way or the other sometimes stopping and starting. We're going to try to figure that whole thing out. But, uh, Michael, thanks for, thanks for tuning in, man. Appreciate you very much. And I don't know what it was. Somehow I read something about South Korea and some issues there. Uh, and they were talking about some... Uh, I don't know, sanitary issues or something in South Korea. I, I saw it in passing uh, on on the Drudge Report yesterday. I think I was just perusing around and, and saw some stuff about South Korea. Generally, though, Michael, as you probably know, South Koreans love Americans. Uh, they love us in a lot of ways because we are uh, so protective of them and we have our military bases over there and everything else. But uh, South Koreans Love them some Americans. So, Michael, I hope you're receiving some of that love. And uh, I don't know what you do for a living, but uh, thank you very much for representing there in South Korea. Got to get you an RFA hat to wear uh, in South Korea, buddy. See if we can uh, spread the news. Because if you can listen to us in South Korea, then we're done. Ask the South Koreans if they need anything done with their trucks there, some of these companies there who need some uh, Venco hoists, or maybe they need some conveyors put on. Well, check it out. My guys at Discovery Design Inc. will do just that for you. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. That is the uh, the Rick Jerry Pogue operation, and thank you guys for your support of this show, and they are the proud sponsors of the Radio Free Almond Studio. So our friends down there in North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, all uh, very, very wet. And at this point now, what is crazy is that you have an entire Wilmington, North Carolina, the town basically shut out, cut off by uh, 
from civilization because of impassable roads. They had all these pictures of people who were driving through flooded water. It's like, why? I mean, I thought you're not supposed to do that, but they've got picture after picture of people uh, driving through flooded water, but the damage is uh, really bad. And so our prayers go out to all of our fellow Americans there in North Carolina and in South Carolina and beyond because it's wet, just like the president promised, and it's big, just like the president promised. And uh, it's been uh, pretty rough for our folks and not as bad as people thought it was going to be in terms of the wind damage or the hurricane damage itself. But sometimes it seems that the, the, the that when it comes to these hurricanes, it's usually just the fact that they are tremendously wet, as the president pointed out. Uh, that's what's causing most of the damage there. They've got upwards of a million people without power. And I've gone through my issues with that, by the way. I just don't think that uh, it's amazing to me people are this vulnerable. America's just this vulnerable in this day and age. But check this out, though. Even still, with what's been going on there uh, in North Carolina, South Carolina, and beyond, the ABC This Week had uh, Jonathan Carl who was interviewing Coast Guard Admiral Carl Schultz about it was supposedly about Hurricane Florence, but it turned out to be mostly just about. And and by the way, this happened all over the nets. These guys were interviewing these flood officials about Florence, and it went back to Puerto Rico again. It doesn't. These guys, we've got we've got Americans who are suffering. In uh, many parts of this country, in the southeastern seaboard, because of this Hurricane Florence, and these guys just want to talk about this stuff. It's it's unbelievable. And has been disputing the death toll. Multiple tweets. Um, he said and this this FEMA guy is sitting there. Okay, but by the way, this is this is the this is on Sunday. This is yesterday, folks. Okay, and this FEMA guy is sitting there. With his uh, and this time he he puts his kind of his tongue in his mouth like oh here we go these a holes are going to be talking about the Puerto Rico deaths which by the way have been roundly disputed by any single account that comes before the account that came a month ago that upped the death toll or two months ago that upped the death toll to nearly three thousand what a bunch of garbage this whole thing is I've told you I I, I you guys I hope printed it out or have it at your ready the Breitbart story that basically just told us time and time again every single news organization up through Puerto Rico in the aftermath of Puerto Rico study after study after study showing there were no more than eleven hundred deaths of people there eleven hundred deaths. And we've got – and suddenly out of, the, out of friggin' nowhere, the New England Science Journal has some rounded number to 3,000-plus. And, and they came – and it was done on the basis of a model, people, not, not on any real actuarial facts, but on a model they developed to determine deaths. No bodies, no counting bodies, just a model two months ago. Why, why do you think this was done? Yeah, I mean, obviously, in case there was anything else coming down the pike, they could sit there and refer to Puerto Rico because they really want this to be a bad thing for President Trump, even though the governor of Puerto Rico praised him. You know who's attacking him? The San Juan mayor, this chick who's become the hero of the left, who is now under investigation by the FBI for corruption. But no matter. Let's go back to 
Puerto Rico and 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 take a few dips with uh, on the Sunday snoozer shows and talk about that anyway. Many months it went to 64 people, then like magic, 3,000 people killed. Believe it or not, Mr. Mr. Long, the White House put out a five-page backgrounder citing other death toll numbers. Yeah, the, the the key words there were like magic. Okay, with the with the ferret here. The key words were like magic. That were less than the one that the governor of Puerto Rico has accepted. 2,975 people died uh, as a result of Hurricane Maria or impact from Hurricane Maria, according to the Puerto Rican government. Does FEMA accept that number? So <laughs> the numbers are all over the place. FEMA doesn't count deaths. Um, and, and like if you, if you take what's going on with Florence. Yeah, FEMA doesn't count deaths. FEMA's not responsible for the power grid, okay? Let's let's get it all together here. These news media guys, just because they have a FEMA guy on, decide they're going to ask him. About, I'm surprised they're not asking about the uh, the the phony trumped up charges against Kavanaugh. I mean, but goodness the gracious, deaths that are verified by the local county coroners are the ones that we take. Now, what we do offer are funeral benefits. Um, after a disaster uh, for, for those that are eligible. And so those are some of the numbers that you can put forward that can be cross-referenced with any of the numbers that are out there. i got to ask you about the president's comments on Hurricane Maria. You were intimately involved. I mean, right now we're watching, we're watching people being rescued by people, by brave law enforcement and first responders, and people being pulled out of water. They're under the video. They decide they're going to still ask about Puerto Rico. effort. Coast Guard did a lot of uh, a lot of uh, good work down in uh, Puerto Rico, but the president called that relief effort a unsung, incredible unsung success. Is that the way you saw it, John? I will tell you this: every relief, every storm is very different. We're seeing that play out. I just spoke a little bit about Florence, what was predicted, what was actual. I would everybody say- who was involved in it and oversaw the response praised the response. Everybody, everybody who was who was overseeing the response and part of the response and even casual observers said it was an excellent response. The governor of Puerto Rico, the territory there, said that every time we asked for something, the United States gave it to us. And they're not even a mainland country. They're 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 land. They're surrounded by water. It was almost impossible to get stuff to them in any kind of fast fashion. And yet they were still praised for the response. The response in Maria was, was massive in terms of it, it's an island, which makes things challenge. The, the supplies that were lifted in by sea, by air. Um, I've got 600-plus Coast Guard men and women that call Puerto Rico home. They work out of there. Um, we leaned in with every bit of energy we could as a federal agency. I saw my FEMA colleagues, other agencies working hard. The interruption of medical care that you were just talking about was responsible. This is John Dickerson with the FEMA guy again. This guy's got the patience of Job. I mean, he's got to get out there, and he sits there, and, and, and I love the looks on his face because every time one of these uh, harpies on TV opens their mouth, he's like, oh, Lord, not again. Well, really? I believe for 47% of the fatalities in Katrina and is a big part of that number that's been disputed this week about Puerto Rico, the 3,000 number. So the president said that 3,000 number didn't exist, that they didn't die. So how is it true that you're preparing for interruption of medical care in Florence but the president says people who died as a result of interruption of medical care in um, Puerto Rico are not worth counting. They really want this 3,000 number, even though it's just one estimate among about 10 or 11 of them. Each one of the other estimates have the deaths hovering around 1,100, nowhere near 3,000. 
Boy, the 3000 surely came in handy, though, on the anniversary of the attacks of 9-11, didn't it now? Did. Um, yeah. Well, you know, look, the, these studies are all over the place. The Harvard study was done differently. Studies a different period of time versus the George Washington study. Uh, there's a big discrepancy, whether it's direct deaths or indirect deaths. Um, you know, if, if you look at the, 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 the root cause of any problem is one, you know, around here, one death. These guys know one death is a death too many. So, again, why is the news media singularly obsessed with this and, and and why why do they keep on harping about it and talking about it because they want the president to fail uh, they, they want this to be even though right now it doesn't matter whether or not response to florence is going to be okay since they don't have anything they can pick on the president about re- regarding florence because what happens is the news media even they sometimes even 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 satan has standards i guess but, you know, you, you, you do go in here and, and they're covering Florence. And because they know it would be completely out of the, the bounds of decency to go ahead and make the Florence response political at this point and, it, and somehow attack the president, they're just going to go ahead and use Puerto Rico for a little while longer. Because they know if they say anything about Florence and the response, it's going to be frowned upon and looked upon badly. They'll wait, though. You give it about a week, they'll be back, and they'll be back there attacking uh, the president. They'll figure out something, by the way, and the FEMA guy will be back, and it, it'll, it'll become a big issue. They're just now using Puerto Rico because they feel like it's, it's not decent of them to make this into a political situation right now regarding Florence. But it'll come. It'll come. You'll, you'll get, you'll get the uh, Bernie Sanders supporting mayor of some town who's going to be out there bitching about something regarding Florence. And they'll, they'll find that person, much like they found the Bernie Sanders supporter to claim that she was almost raped by Brett Kavanaugh. Oh, you, oh did they, they didn't mention that she's a Bernie Sanders supporter? Okay. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, or that her lawyer has established herself publicly as part of the resistance. Haven't, haven't heard of that? Okay. All right, I was just I was just I was just wondering to see whether or not you uh, might have uh, thought about that. Oh, and some funny stuff regarding the the media coverage of Florence. I don't know whether you saw that guy, the one guy who was the reporter. I think I mean I think maybe it was from the Weather Channel or something, but he was uh, acting like he was being buffeted by the wind, and he was like he was like standing like this. Hey, when we get this wind, this is terrible. This is crazy. I can't even. You know, and then. Two guys that casually walk behind him. There's videotape after videotape out there, if you just kind of look for it, uh, of these people who are being so dramatic in their coverage and then having people purposely walk behind them. I think now it's become a thing because ever since the that famous time back in uh, – during the uh, – uh, this one situation, this one flood, and it, it was during uh, that when the Today Show uh, was interviewing a reportress who was covering flooding and that kind of thing, and she was in a canoe, okay? And this woman, by the way, is now is still – she was hired by the networks, by the way. She's working for the networks now. But she was sitting there reporting on this uh, – on this flooding. Listen but to first, this. the severe flooding here in the Northeast as more rain continues to fall today. NBC mm-hmm. sees Michelle Kaczynski, I guess she's in the canoe, is in Wayne, New Jersey this morning. Hey Michelle, good morning. She's, she's in this canoe. 
and she's got a paddle with her and everything else, and they're going live to her. That's Matt Lauer, and, and the only reason he's not raping her is because she's in a canoe and in a in a in a tub of water. So thankfully for her, she's protected from Matt Lauer. But still, he's going to be talking to her and listen to this how this goes. Ew. Good morning. Well, obviously we're getting a nice break from the rain, but not the flooding. This is essentially now a part of the Passaic River in this neighborhood. It rushed in yesterday through the streets. These guys walk right through the shot. Like she's in a canoe, okay? And 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 <laughs> and these guys walk right through the shot. You know what? And, and even still, thankfully, you know, the the Matt Lauer and these guys they have to address it because we're, we're watching this, you know. We're watching Good morning. it. Well, obviously Good morning. Well, obviously, we're getting a nice break from the rain, but not the flooding. This there is they essentially go. now a part of the Passaic River in this neighborhood. <laughs> it rushed in yesterday through the I, I, Listen, I always believe in my own mind that first responders do, in fact, walk on water. Uh, but nonetheless, these guys uh, were not walking on water. She was basically canoeing in about an inch of water. And it's really tough to control a canoe or a boat when you're out in it. It's much deeper. Of course, we're watching this, and so the uh, Lauer and Watch Your Face just can't possibly ignore it. They have to say something about it. Actually, Michelle, I'll take it. Is there some kind of severe drop-off hey, there uh, between the four granite? We don't go back. We saw these guys a second ago, Michelle, walking. Are these holy men walking on top of water? What's why, going on why here? Why walk when you can ride, you guys? When you have a ride like this, why would you want to walk? Yeah, you- right. So she doesn't, she's, she's trapped and caught. Did you see the video, Matt? She's trapped and caught by by this. And, and, and you know, you got to give Lauer and... Katie Couric credit for pointing it out because at, that, at some point you're going to, you know, and, and they, they, they can throw her under the bus because she's just some local reporter someplace. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> well, they, could, they wouldn't let me go back into the deep water because they were afraid I would just drift away. Strange piece of video there, Michelle. Is, is your oar hitting ground? So she had, she had, I mean, Katie Couric, I mean, you know, uh, I've, I've heard many dumb questions, uh, Fourth to people by Katie Couric, but that was a pretty uh, smart question by Katie saying, is, are those, is your oar hitting the ground? Yeah, or? There, is, is your oar hitting ground, Michelle? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> okay. uh, I mean, come on. Of course not. She's now a network correspondent, by the way, this Kosinski kid chick. Michelle, thank you very much. That's Michelle Kosinski in New Jersey for the us this best morning. laid plans of mice and men. Anyway, yeah. oh. Lord, that had to be so embarrassing. But it's all over the joint. You can see these reporters going crazy. You do realize, too, there is a way. It's, I'm surprised the reporters haven't pulled the stunt. I mean, you guys, you guys, there's always that guy in your group who knows how to pretend that he's being buffeted by the, uh, by the wind. There's always some guy who can uh, attach himself to a light pole, right? And then, he, I don't know, I've never been able to, I've never had the upper arm strength to do this. But, you know, it's always that guy in the group. Matt, did you ever know anybody who, who had the ability to, t- to grab hold of a telephone pole and act like they're and, and be uh, prone and stick their legs out like they're being buffed? There's always that guy. Usually after about 12 beers, he knows how to do it. But I could never do that. I'm surprised no reporter has actually uh, attempted to, to stunt people and trick them into believing they're uh, being hurt by the, by the storm anyway. It's a ton of fun. Coming up. Yes.
We've got our buddy Marcation coming in because we're going to address this. These guys are are. Oh, by the way, I'm also can't wait to talk to Mark about the uh, the leading contender for the Democratic nomination, porn star lawyer Michael Avenetti, who's being promoted as the uh, next best thing for the Democratic Party. So we'll figure out how that whole thing works out, and uh, and he's of course anxious to talk about the Kavanaugh thing. Now again. I don't want to depress you all this morning and make you sad about this, but the reality is it doesn't matter whether it's true. It's not going to matter in the end whether this is true or not. At this point, the damage has already been done. The The story is out there, and the people who don't want to give President Trump this victory of his with Kavanaugh are not going to let it happen. I guarantee you, because Susan Collins was all set to go ahead and confirm Kavanaugh, I guarantee you she's going to be one of the first ones out of the blocks today being interviewed by so-and-so that she's not going to vote. I can't vote for him. This is, a, this, we need, she needs to be heard. So now she's going to be testifying. This whole confirmation is going to be delayed. And I guarantee, Lindsey Graham's already out there talking about how she needs to be, I mean, ever, anybody who is anybody in the anti-Trump movement, Republican Party elements at least, are now going to stall this and have cover for being able to kind of beg off on the deal. And again, if, if somebody is uh, – if, if it's true that somebody was uh, – that, that Kavanaugh tried to rape her, uh, that's pretty bad news. But right now there's nothing that supports it. Even this polygraph test, let's have her take another one. That, that is actually officially given so that we can figure this out and figure out what was going on. Because the polygraph test, it doesn't, it doesn't address the issue of Brett Kavanaugh. It addresses the, the actual act itself, what happened to her itself. So apparently there's some discrepancy as to whether or not this happened. And if it did, there's some discrepancy as to whether or not it was Kavanaugh involved. And keep in mind, too, the therapist notes that uh, – even Kaysen refers to, oh, she, 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 the therapist has notes. It's like, well, wait a minute. The notes don't talk about the actual individual, but they don't even have names in, in the notes. And plus the notes get it wrong regarding the number of people involved in this thing. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. But uh, I will have to tell you that in the end, uh, I think this is still going to have its effect on um, on. on on the confirmation because anybody who's anybody is going to use it against the president. And certainly, uh, certainly there are going to be people who are uh, trying to derail this just because they hate president Trump. And that's going to be uh, happening too. I'm just warning you people, just warning you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it's time. It's time for our national anthem. Happy Monday to all of you. Oh, say, can you see, by the dawn's early light What so proudly we held okay, perfect. At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket. 
our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the credit card debt golden oak lending has the expertise to show you how to refinance your home and turn its increased value into cash and you pay nothing out of pocket people often tell me they didn't call sooner because they didn't think we could save them money this is james hawkins from golden oak lending with our expertise in today's increased home values we can usually save you money call 314-567-GOLD nmls 114937 111 westport plaza st louis missouri call 567-GOLD Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday to all of you. We are live here in the Discovery Design Studios, DiscoveryDesignInc.com. People, hi. Morning. You just heard from Gold Oak Lending, right? How about hearing from my guy, Matthew Mitchell, in the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency? 855-QUOTE-ME is the phone number there for your lowest rates premiums and deductibles all at the same time. Low, 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 low for your auto, for your home, and for your life. And your young people are going to have some great rates, too. Young people always get stuck with their insurance rates. But not with Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855. Quote me. Yes. Well, look what the uh, cats dragged in. I don't even know where to start. The first thing I'll say is I didn't take a knee during the the Star Spangled Banner when I came in because I didn't see Eric Naputi around anywhere. And I didn't want to take a chance. Yeah, because he would have to come in and rescue you, well, and get you, get you back up. Get me back up, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't want to do that. Look at you slipping in a Naputi Wellness reference. Well, that's right. NaputiWellness.com. Yeah. How are we doing on your show, by the way? Well, we, we're just waiting for the new studio. And we're waiting else. for everything to, yeah, to, to gel. Yeah, percolate here a little. Yeah, we're ready. We're ready to go. So, yeah, and uh, got some nice advertisers who uh, who love you. Yeah. So you know, love this whole deal. So um, that's good because I'm going to be um, I'm going to be dipping into the till there with those guys. Well, that's right. Bit. That's right. We take it a little bit. Of I, by the way, if you. Uh, do you uh, ever read the Evening World? I, I don't read it, but do you know who the managing editor is of that? No. <laughs> I love this. I love this newspaper. These, they, 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 they do not waste any time at all let, let, calling let, out the criminals and stuff in, in St. Louis. For you. The, it, the funny part is, and I don't know if you remember. Look do you remember? The, look at the wonderful world women. Yeah. Do you remember Brian Ireland? Uh, no. Okay. Well, he was... Uh, 
uh, one of the, the lefties. Oh, they do it. They do at the gunplay club. I didn't. They, well, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they used to. Uh, I, I was. I was worried because they didn't have the. Uh, uh, they didn't have the wife beaters and sweetheart mistreaters area there where they put all the domestic violence guys. They didn't put. They, but they do. I did. I did wonder if they had a gun club, and they do have that. Uh, they do have the gun club, the gunplay yeah. club. And well, this is I, everybody, I, everybody arrested for a gun crime. And by the way, read this list, and uh, and these are individuals who are uh, actual, actually sentenced for gun crime. So, yeah. No, I just want to tell you. I mean, not that it, it means anything. It's just that you know Brian Ireland is the and, and has been the managing editor of the World for years, and and he was on lots of different radio and and yeah. TV programs yeah. with all of us. I was so. I was I was wondering is he black? No, he's white. How really? Yeah. Yeah. I know. How come how come both of the black newspapers in St. Louis have as the the the, the their leaders, their bosses white dudes? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not against okay, Brian, but they do with it. No, but it's, it was American. No, no, Come I on. know that, but it's different to the American because the American. I mean, he is not. Chris is not Brian. Brian is a radical fighter. Okay, you know, Chris is. You know, sort of What's nice. one of their last names? Brian who? Brian, oh, Brian Ireland. Brian Ireland. Yeah, he's a rat. Yeah, he is. He's he's a guy who wants to hold people accountable. He's a good guy. Oh, he is. This Chris guy. What is he? This this pudgy hipster dude. Yeah, I, I've I've never met him. I've I've been in contact with. Anyway, he it's one time, all right. he one time blocked me on Twitter. He, no, he, he claimed on Twitter that I wanted to have him on the air with me. I never asked that a hole to be on the air with me ever. I've yeah. never I've never asked that guy to be on my TV show or anything. But but he claimed that I did, and that he couldn't in good conscience uh, conscience uh, agree to do it. It's like I never wanted you on my show, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah, the fact is that Donald Suggs. Donald must be in his 80s. I yeah, I guess. saw him at the meeting not be. too long ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice enough. But the truth is, is that Donald and Onion fought for years, never agreed on anything. I mean, Donald paid him a few dollars to write some sports articles over there. Uh, yeah, that was well, me, lots of bad I'm gonna stuff. I'm going to posit this to you, and I think you will agree, and I think many people in the black community will agree. People like Donald Suggs and some of these other so-called black leaders and black opinion influencers, really, that's been the problem in the black community for a long time is this, this obsession with being uh, uh, in the white people club. Definitely. And, 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 and Definitely. Donald Suggs liked the idea that all the rich white guys in St. Louis liked him and he, and he would do anything to please them. As opposed to really do anything for the black community, which is well, why, right. which is why, in my opinion, uh, he 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 didn't hire a black person to oversee the editing of the. St. Oh, Louis I don't American. know. I don't know about that part, but I know that Onion Horton scared the heck out of him because he was always worried that he was going to lose an ad over Onion. But you know, the the best part about what you're saying, because I think it's it's perfectly Excellent. accurate. Yes, perfectly accurate. Um, the best part is that there is a black person, and I say it strongly, black, who is is coming on the scene. Well, she's been here a long time, but she is coming right here into St. Louis 
for a political battle that will begin the day that the midterm elections are over. And that's Jamila. Jamila Jamila Nasheed will be running for president of the board of Alderman. She's already announced. She's running. She's running right now. And, and you, mean, you mean the Jamila Nasheed who claimed that turkey sandwich guy was shot in the back of the head by a cop? Jamila Nasheed is a, a strong black lady who is not going to play. And let me tell you that, uh, that, me, that she's strong, not very nice to police officers. I'll uh, tell you that. She, she totally lied about that with a turkey sandwich guy. Uh, what's his name? Who was no, shot I, by the I police the officer? Oh, he I was know. just eating a turkey sandwich, which was completely baloney. But it didn't help that she tweeted out that he was shot in the back of the head. Her one of her strongest supporters, not surprisingly, is Anthony Shahid, and and all of these people. Whether I mean Anthony, and you can add in James Clark, and that you can start going up and down the list of black people in the city who are not playing in this coming election, and, and they are going to be so strong to, to try to rebuild the city and, yes. and, and to try to deal with what you saw in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch yeah. yesterday. And, you know, I will, I will help her. I mean, I, yeah. I, will, no, I, know I, will, you will. I will I will be on her side on that matter. And she'll be supporting and, you. Yeah. And would love for her to come mm-hmm. on the show. I do think that, that – and that's the problem, and it's something that I'm willing certainly to get over for the sake of having somebody who actually represents – black St. Louis instead of white developers and and other people. So as far as I'm concerned, and I know you're a Paul McKee guy, I get it. But I'm well, saying no, no, is, no, 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 no. Don't say that. Okay, okay, wait, wait let me, I'm, don't, I'm, yeah, okay, go ahead. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But let me let me uh let me uh but I will support her on that because I think the biggest problem we've had in the city of St. Louis are black aldermen who kowtow to white investors and are more than willing to sell their communities out for the sake of a check in their campaign coffers. So, and you most know, of them get nothing. They get a nickel. Really, they get a nickel and they sell out for a nickel. Yeah. I mean, well, they don't sell out for big money. They take nothing. Onion used to laugh at them for that all the time. But I mean, they, they, if they weren't even great at corruption, they were terrible. So, you know, that – but it was Von Derrick – it was the Von Derrick Myers thing. Remember that? It was in Tower Grove. She came out and she said it was – she was not very – although was she the one that had – was the up in Ferguson? Was she the one that had her office attacked and she had to pull a gun on somebody? Now, I don't think so, but I'm uh, – I mean – that's Jamila, what we, Jamila, we also probably, need, Jamila probably has a gun. I mean, she, she probably needs it. Well, and, and, and yeah. um, we, need, we need more Second Amendment uh, supporting black leaders. Well, no, she. Gun toting Second Amendment supporting black leaders. She needs to be leaders. protected by the, the, the black police, which what? again, yeah, the black police need to protect her. Why? I mean, because there are bad people out here who do bad things. Well, nobody wants and, to hurt her. Well, some people. Probably, yeah. I'm sure, whatever. But, 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 you know, and that's another thing that's horrible, as we know. We won't get into it now, but the, the, the difference between black and white police in St. Louis. I mean, I know okay. many black police, and I'm very friendly with them all. I know no white policemen at all. I know none. Maybe you should. Well, and, and you should know I'll some black ones. I'll introduce you to a few of them. And I've introduced you already to some of the black ones. And, I know. Yeah. Like, you mean, I, 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 I know the chief of police, for instance. Well, we both know John yeah. Hayden. Yeah. And he's, 
Yeah. He's, John Hayden he, used to be he's, he's good on your side, he's good on my side. Yeah. You know, and, and John Hayden's paid his dues. He used to be with the uh the so called crack team, the drug unit up there. Right. Well head but headed by Ron Clyer. And uh John Hayden used to be the guy he he would be the most Hayden, who's the chief of police now, but used to be an undercover agent with the uh, with the uh, drug unit in, in St. Louis. Back when we actually, uh, back when police were actually able to pull somebody over on a street corner and say, "What the hell is in your pocket?" or "What are you doing?" when they look suspicious, and they can't do that anymore because they're afraid of getting sued by. Or, or 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 they're afraid of Anthony Shahid saying that they had their hands up and butt us. Oh, don't you? Okay, they, but Anthony's out on the street t- taking young people I off know. the street and trying to get them. I get it. away from the things that you don't. I know, and brother I, Bob. None of us want. Brother them. Bob confirms it. I, yeah. I get it. But anyway, so no. Uh, John Hayden, the chief, used to be the guy, and he used to uh, be like this. He he played a injured Vietnam vet or something. And and he'd go up to people and go, "You have any weed, man? You got any weed?" And they and they, and and they, yeah, I got some weed here. I got a whole big bag of it. And he's like, "You're under arrest, bitch." And that was that was how it all worked out. And that was John Hayden, who's now the chief. So he paid his dues. Yeah, good anyway, person. What Very were you talking about? Oh yeah, the black white police. Come on. Well, listen, unfortunately, we have a black union and a white union, and these police officers the white union don't really like but, but each it's funny other, how the white unfortunately. Union it's funny how the white union doesn't call itself the white union, but the black union calls itself the black union. That's right. all you need to know. Well, that's that, because they know what's true. And well, what if they did? What if the, there was a white union of police well, officers? Is. They'd be racist, wouldn't they? Well, there they? is. No, no, there's not. Okay. It's the, it's the, it's the regular police union. Gonna force me to bring these people in here. I'm. A, I could bring them but in. No, but what I'm saying Jimmy is, Jimmy Edwards. Everybody. No, just, how many people do I have to bring? I'm here? just asking you a question. What would happen if a group of white guys got together and formulated the White Police Officers Union? What do you think that would they would they would be called? Okay, white racist. Pe- white people don't need the protection <laughs> that black people need in a country that oppresses minorities. How? how do, okay. Yeah, I know you don't. Want yeah, to. I, I, honestly, though, the uh, this country does not. I, I realize that there certainly is a uh, a problem, mainly with the Democratic Party. People like Nancy Pelosi, who are more concerned about MS thirteen gang members than they are about the black people they tricked into voting for them. So I, I mean, I understand that the oppression actually comes at the hands of the people they're voting for, who claim that they're going to do something for the black community and never do. But Donald I, Trump. I, I agree Donald with that. Trump is the first black president. Have you, I'll have that. you know that. Oh, okay. Well, let's not talk about him. Do we have to? I mean, we yeah. can, we can if you insist. But I mean, I don't uh, want I don't so, want to say a lot of bad things about people today. You know, <laughs> why is today some what, no, what happened I mean, today? No, I, look, is it a new Mark Hasten? I, I feel sorry for. I, I've said this before. You know, when, when you get to the point where I feel sorry for you, then you know you're in deep trouble. <laughs> right, and this is. This is the I feel sorry for Donald story because, let's face it, Paul Manafort is going to tell everything. Now, I know we could say, oh, well, he has nothing to say. No, he's not. Yeah. And, he and, has and, nothing. And Giuliani said, oh, you know, Donald hasn't done anything wrong. Listen. I love it. Flynn's going to flip. They've Never all did. flipped. No, Flynn's going to flip. Never did. Cohen's no, no. going to flip. They Never all did. have. Manafort's going to flip. No, Man- you know what Manafort's going to do is Manafort's going to tell Mueller 
everything he wants to hear because Manafort's going to try to save his ass. Now, they have to tell the truth because if they don't, they go to jail forever. This is when, when they agree, when they make an agreement with the, the, the prosecutor, they, they cannot lie. They, they better not lie against Donald. They better not lie for, for him. Either way, they better tell all of the truth because they will go to jail forever sure. if they don't tell the truth. No, you know what? The Mueller has nothing. Even Woodward came okay. out, and I'll play this Woodward later on. Woodward says the president's deranged. You know, he, but he says there's no evidence of collusion, too. So oh, I'll, no, take, no. I'll he, take deranged no, I've and no him, evidence of collusion. I've heard him say that he doesn't know what he evidence found, there no, he, might no, be. No, he hasn't found any. Because he's not involved with Mueller. But I've he, heard him. I know, but he hasn't found any. Don't don't yeah. don't misrepresent that. I, I'll, I'll play it for you, and, yeah. I, and, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, people also are doubling back on the police union thing. Uh, you were insinuating there's a white union. Well, there is. But no, there's not. There are black people in the St. Louis Police Officers Union. Gia's husband, Paul, just chimed in. He's a police officer. And, and there are black people in the St. Louis Police Officers Union, oh, just for your listen, info. Listen, the, well, first of all, there's only one white guy, one white guy that was in the black union, okay, which – Look, Tim Person could come up and tell you the whole story. I know Tim. Yeah, I know you do. And and Tim could tell you the whole story. I, I asked I asked Tim and Jimmy Edwards, and I forget who the other person was there. Uh, you know, do do any white people join the black union? They started laughing at me. They said, "Kason, the perfect example." They're not allowed to. Perfect example. Uh, oh yes, they are. Perfect example of why. Why would you want you're, to? You're still just you're still white, Kason. That's what. Because no, they look. I I asked them. I said, "Aren't there any white people who who say, look, I want to support black people. I I'm going to be part of that.' <laughs> they they only." One guy was the chief, yeah. okay, who did it just to make it look nice. No, look, there are, are huge there, problems, huge problems. Are there problems. black police unions in other cities? My understanding is that it's not. Of but, course. But I'm no expert on this. This is, this is where we have separate but, ribbon cuttings for blacks and whites. This town is backwards as hell. Yeah, I don't think it's— I'm sorry it is, man. It's America. It's no, a, it's not America. It, it, well— it's you know, a, you know, you know it's not America because black people believe it is. Well, well, okay, I agree with them. Listen, you mean the eleven percent of them that make up the population here? You know, it's interesting too. I, I did a little experiment, and, and you can do this too uh, with with people you know, uh, especially young people. If you ask, and I'm not saying that that means that oppression is okay or whatever it is you're talking about. I'm not saying that that's right, but if you ask, uh, let's say a 14 year old kid, hey, uh, what do you think the well, if you had to guess, what's the percentage of the population uh, when it comes to black people? How many – what's the percentage? I guarantee you anybody who is in that age, like 14 or 15, would tell you – they'd say um, 40%, 50%, 60%, and you have to say no, 11, maybe 12, maybe 13 depending on who you ask. We'll have to get we'll have to get the variety of people who studied the the Puerto Rican flood victims to come up with the number of uh, the percentage of blacks. But black people, for the most part, are overrepresented in a lot of facets of our society, whether it be in culture, in sports, in uh, in Hollywood, and even in the corporate world. 
I believe that as a percentage of the population, uh, black people are doing pretty well in terms of their representation in uh, elements of, of our society, considering there aren't many of them. I'm just telling you. Listen, the numbers on all these things are amazing. We only have we, – I mean we have 40 million black people. We have 3 million, 3 million Muslims in the United States. I thought it was three, seven, but that's all right. Three million. No, we have seven million Jewish people, or maybe six, six or seven million Jewish people, and there's one for you. I mean, I don't even know how you find somebody Jewish, given there's so few around, but we're everywhere, right? Yeah. How many did you say were here? Six to seven million Jewish people. Yeah. Only 13 million in the entire world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 1.5 billion Muslims. There are three million in the United States. I mean, these are interesting numbers. Do you want to talk about men? Kavanaugh? Do you want to talk about Yeah, we, uh, yeah. we will. We'll get to that okay. in a second. I was just trying to, I was trying sure. to, uh, to cleanse myself of whatever yeah, you that's were just good. doing there. I couldn't figure that's it good. out. That's uh, good. All right, so, yes, let's talk about the Kavanaugh thing. This, I told people early on, and I, and I felt bad about it because, uh, but it is the truth, that at this point, it, it's not going to matter what, the truth is, unfortunately, uh, because you've already got people like Susan Collins and these other anti-Trump Republicans who uh, were looking for an excuse not to support Kavanaugh. They were looking for an excuse not to vote for him and couldn't find one. And, and so you've got people like Claire McCaskill, who probably would have voted for to confirm Kavanaugh, who now can say, that uh, I'm a proud member of the Me Too movement, and I'm not going to vote for him. Susan Collins will do the same. Lindsey Graham will probably do exactly the same. That's the problem with the story now, is that regardless of whether or not it's true, it's still going to hurt. And, and, and that's the problem, is now it doesn't even matter. And these days, the truth doesn't matter at all. You could, t- you could say Jamie Allman threatened to sexually assault a teenager, and it becomes headline news when it's false. At least I'll be able to collect money from those people. But unfortunately, Kavanaugh is not going to be able to do that. Yeah, well, we know all the allegations against you are false. But here's the thing. We don't know what happened as far as this woman-man relationship thing with with Kavanaugh, but we can we know one thing, which I always tell you. I know it makes you laugh, but men are very bad. They're horrible. Men are are men are a problem, and and women. Mark's going to get laid tonight. And women everybody. and women know it. Yeah, all right. Women know it. No, they don't. So, not, I, you know, and, not, and, not my women. Well, I mean, these women on, on who who listen to the show and watch yeah. the show. I don't call them my women, but you know, what I'm talking about the people yeah. who listen to the show. Well, uh, they don't think. I that, suspect. Okay. I suspect that many of them will also tell you how they have been right. mistreated, mishandled. But, Kev, but, but, but again, that a, doesn't matter. Approached not, improperly. That's, that's not relevant to what's going on with Kavanaugh. Even if it were true, let's pretend it were true, uh, that, that your fantasy that all men are bad uh, is, is actually true. Mostly. It's not, still, fi- okay, not, mostly fi- bad. not Phil Donahue. Okay, it's still... <laughs> It's still, <laughs> I can make or, a laugh I'm sorry, every time. Or Alan Aldo, right? Yeah, there you go. It still doesn't matter. It's still not relevant to whether or not Kavanaugh is a a good uh, Supreme could be a good Supreme Court justice. Well, so I don't know. Maybe even he could if be. all men are bad, it doesn't Ma- wouldn't matter. Maybe he could be, except for there's only one problem, and that's the problem that's being addressed here is that he's taking Merrick Garland's seat. So if you want to confirm a Supreme Court justice this week, you could do it. 
because I guarantee you, you can get a, a giant vote right now for Merrick Garland. He's in. Okay. That's not going to happen, well, that's, first of all. I know, but that's what I'm telling you. Right. Look, yeah. th- this is the fight against I'm sure what Hillary was Clinton done to be- Merrick Garland. Okay. The, Here- if, if, this, if Merrick Garland hadn't been done, this wouldn't be done. All right. In, in other words, what, what you've so far mentioned in regards to the Kavanaugh is not one ounce of any factual basis on which to believe Kavanaugh well, I can't did anything it. wrong. We it's weren't funny. there. I know, but it's funny how the, you're, you're mentioning the Merrick Garland and you're, no, mentioning, no. and you're mentioning all men are bad, the, but you've never mentioned one thing about this that's case. Right. The therapist confirms what we need to know. No, I, she doesn't. Th- yes, th- enough. The therapist confirms enough. And there's a lie detector test, and she'll take another one. And let me tell you she something. She better. These polygraph exams are extremely accurate. Now, they're not... That you can't use them in a in a court of law, but they are very accurate, and and she will pass one every time, and she'll take any any that you want. I mean, she'll take the she'll show you the one she took. You can bring in that Demarco guy from uh, uh, Doctor Phil, who's you know an expert on this. He'll give it to her. Everybody will give her a test because I'll tell you she's going to pass every one of them because this guy did it. And I'll tell you where this guy better be careful. Kavanaugh at this point. It doesn't have too much of a problem because what he did 30 years ago, he's not going to be in trouble for. But if he lies, which he's going to do, if he lie, and he already has, I guess, if he lies to, to Congress, if he lies to these congressmen about what he did 30 years ago, he may not end up in the Supreme Court. He'll go to jail. Okay. All right. So jail. So, all right. Okay. okay. You know that. So, so now we know. Jeff Smith went to okay. jail for less. I mean, right. Come all right. On. Okay. So so now we know what your dream was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, throughout the evening time, Merrick apparently you, Garland you, you apparently, is the name. You apparently took notes while you were sleeping with with your <laughs> dream. So thank you for bringing those notes in okay. and telling us. But yeah, that's all we need is Doctor Phil's uh, polygraph expert to come in to, that- to decide a Supreme Court justice thing. But here's the deal. Sure. Uh, for First of all, uh, the, the, on the notes, the notes don't even mention Kavanaugh's name. That's the therapist correct. Notes, and the notes uh, get it wrong. The number of people who were part of this operation, uh, the notes are indicating four guys attacked her. Now she's claiming now that oh no, the therapist is the one who got those numbers wrong. Not she me. was attacked. It doesn't matter how it many does, guys it does, did well, it. No, it does matter because her story is that two did it. Yeah. So I, it does oh, matter. Right. Now, keep in mind, too, uh, the woman herself is a, an avowed Bernie Sanders supporter. Her lawyer is a uh, on-the-record member of the resistance. Yeah, that's fine. And, it's, and, it's, and, wait, wait, it's a, and it's a matter of fact that Kavanaugh's mom presided over this woman's uh, bankruptcy situation, her mother's bankruptcy or something like that. that so Kavanaugh's mom... Actually, is involved with his family. Yeah. Well, Gorsuch's mom was part of the EPA, head of the EPA, thirty years ago in a case that's coming up right now. Look, there's a, I wouldn't bring the mother thing into this. Gorsuch's mom was on the other side. Look, what's happening here is happening because of one thing, and you know it, and I know it. It's because of Merrick Garland. No, right. Well, you know, then that then you should be ashamed of that. No, because I, look, I wanted them to walk out completely, but they right. they came but up with a good way to handle should, but, this. But this shouldn't be. Because, but this shouldn't be. Uh, th- that's not. It was easy to find a man who did this because men do this all the time. Right. But that. But that. But that's still not the basis on which to smear 
a good man like no, it's Brett not Kavanaugh. You can't just say that because it's, it's been no, done it's before a, by other guys that Brett Kavanaugh is responsible for it, Mark. You can't yeah. do that. Well, we're going to find out how much proof there is. And I think you're going to find there's a lot of proof because these Republicans are going to back down, as you pointed out, they're going to back down very quickly. Well, that's the unfortunate The, the thing two women and Flake and, they're probably, and maybe, maybe Corker, and there are going to be some others. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, they're going to back down and, 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 yeah. for, and really for good reason, because they're going to no. fear being on the wrong side of history here. They don't want to right. support some guy who did something inappropriate like this. Look at all the men who are going down for this all over the country who have less proof that they did anything. Yeah. Less well, proof. I, I, you know, here's the thing. There's more the, proof in this one. The problem is you basically have uh, you basically have indicted the entirety of these people who are claiming that Kavanaugh did this by admitting that this is all about Merrick Garland. Well, it is. And, and, and that's – Come on. You want me to be not, honest, and, right? right? I'm glad, yeah. you, I'm glad you're honest sure. because I, I guarantee you none of the Republicans that you're talking about or none of the, the Democrats are going to ever admit it. But the, but the real problem is uh, that, that we have a situation where uh, we have people – whose motivations have nothing to do with doing the right thing regarding this Supreme Court justice confirmation. Everybody you just mentioned, they all have axes to grind uh, against the president. And so uh, any excuse they can possibly use for not confirming him or for jumping ship, they're going to utilize, which is the sad thing, because in this country now, you basically can just throw anything out there and you know it's going to, uh, even if it doesn't necessarily stick, uh, there are going to be individuals who are going to use it to hop off the bandwagon. And that's the sad thing it's about this. Is it doesn't matter now. Truth doesn't matter anymore. No it, no, it does matter. You can't just throw anything out here. But you but you can throw some things out here that are true. And and again, I I point to the 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 audience that you're talking about who are obviously on your side on this part of of this issue, but still would admit that they have been approached in, inappropriately by men more than once in their life, I mean, they will all yeah, tell but, you. But, but, you're, but men are men. Men have but, but huge Mark, problems. Right, but, but Mark, none of this is relevant to the well, Kavanaugh case. Well, sure it is. No, it's it, not. Because the fact is, it's true. It's thirty years ago, but it's true. All right. Okay. And, let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this: whether yeah. or not this would work. As a percentage of their population, black men commit more crime than any population uh, on on the planet. Uh, in, in the U.S., and I'm, I'm just saying that as a matter of fact. As no, a they per- commit a lot okay, of crimes. Wait, wait, wait. As a percentage of criminals. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that every time I see a black guy, I think he's a criminal. No, it doesn't. And, and it certainly would not be a basis on which to suspect a black person of committing a crime because blacks, as a percentage of the population, commit more crimes. So you're here. Using, there's but, evidence, but, but you but you would you would call that racist. That, well, if of I, course, wait, 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 wait. you would call that racist if I did that. You're right. But you are now indicting Kavanaugh on the basis of a bunch of frat boys you've read about throughout your history, and and that's just not adequate. It's it's you you, you can't use it. To smear black men, for instance, uh, and any more that you can smear, use it to smear Supreme Court nominees. It yeah. just doesn't work that way. Well, for, first, black people don't even begin to commit as many crimes or com- or create as many problems as white men create for women in this country. 
Not even close. And we've talked before. I mean, you can go out in the street. We could do it any day. We could do it today and, and, and get all these men out in the street yelling at women in cars, hey, babe, you know, thinking that, that women are going to say, oh, yeah, let's go I don't, get that I don't, guy. I don't, I don't, I don't, first of all, you're, they do you, it. You, you're looking at like you're, 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 uh, you're, you're regurgitating like a high karate commercial. Ask women. I mean, okay, listen. I get it that that well actually if you were regurgitating a high karate commercial apparently it's the women that are <laughs> mugging the men in that one so I, I'm sorry that was the wrong uh, wrong one an, analogy but nonetheless uh, you're in a situation where um, you know you're talking about how men are going hey babe where did you when was the last time you saw some guy they do it all the time I don't, they don't bother the me they leave me alone okay, so let me, let me they ask, leave you so, alone so is this but you, but the, but your wife and my wife and and our our girls our 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 daughters i mean they put up with this nonsense oh no i i know that there i know day. that there are a bunch of dogs out there i get it and, and most of them unfortunately that have been actually on the record are a bunch of liberal Hollywood guys. Oh, stop it. Oh, come, come on. on. Les Moonves okay. and, and Harvey Weinstein. Now, again, let's go back to your, your logic, okay? So far, the number of liberal men who have been tagged as molesters in the Me Too movement, uh, so far, the number of liberal men exceeds the number of conservative men. Now, am I then going to say, based on that, that all liberal men are dogs? No, I couldn't say that because that wouldn't be fair. So again, because you know Phil Donahue's not. Let's so, go back to your, yeah. your 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 claim that because men have done this before, Kavanaugh is guilty. No, no, uh, so, there's evidence that that he's done it, and there's and, no evidence and, that he's done and, it. And there's a re- and when there's evidence, you need to believe it because in this but there's, world, but there's no evidence what, he's done it except well, for the woman's story. The woman's story and she's a, seems and to she's be a, pretty good. And she's a Bernie Sanders supporter. Yeah. So she's did already believe, impugned. Did you believe Anita Hill? No. Okay, well, come on. You know she's telling the truth. All, there's, there's lots of evidence all I remember 30 is, years later. Everybody knows she, she was. All I remember is pubic hair and coke. Well, That's okay. all I remember. And it was all true and all verified by everybody. Look, there's not going to be yeah, another Clarence. flavors of coke. They should yeah. have a pubic f- yeah. flavor. There's not going to be another Clarence Thomas that gets on the Supreme Court under these circumstances with these kinds of accusations. Look, this lady is not coming out. She's going to her life has changed forever. Look at what happened to Anita Hill. This lady's not stupid. She's a college professor. She knows what she is going to be faced with for the rest of her life. After all, she's a college professor. Yeah, she knows what's how coming. Could, how could Kavanaugh okay. possibly be innocent? She knows because what's she's being coming. Accused by a college professor. She knows what's coming for the rest of her life. She will be attacked over this. No, she'll, she'll be interviewed on the Today Show in The View. That's the mm. rest of her life. Okay, that too. And, and write a book. So this woman's not going to have any any problem at all. Here's the here is the problem with it though, and that's why it's very frustrating is that it doesn't matter whether I'm right, and it doesn't matter whether you're right. It, it matters uh, whether or not these individuals in the Senate are going to utilize this to get back or to punish President Trump. That's what this is all about. So Jeff Flake's not going to confirm Kavanaugh. No, he's he'll, not. He'll make, he'll, make, he'll make a big speech on the Senate floor about how we're tired of these men and, and from, you know, a guy who I can't wait to hear the um, 
what is what did he say? Oh, grab her. The, uh, uh, the, it's no wonder that a grabber by the P president. Well, that's right. Has nominated another grabber by the P Supreme Court co- and nomination. Isn't that uh, true? That's a, that's a free one. You isn't that true? Nuts. I'm giving you that for free. Isn't that true? No, it's not true. Well, of course it is. He, he th- look. There, there are like 20 women out there that'll tell you what what Donald has done, and 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 okay, so there's only one for Kavanaugh. But look, I'm telling you, this goes back to Merrick Garland. If everybody played this straight from the beginning, right. we would not have this problem. But this country is dealing with a situation where no one's playing it straight, and so now the Democrats are fighting back, and they've got evidence to fight back with, and they're going to use it in a way that that. I know it's, but but, right, it's unseemly. You, it, well, it's, it's it's unseemly and wrong. But you also said that it, when when you refer to this, that it just is. It really you agree that it doesn't matter whether there's any merit to the Kavanaugh case. But there you're, is you're admitting merit. But there is, is merit. There is merit. That's the point. But, but, and 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 again, you want a new Supreme Court ju- justice? Merrick Garland is ready to go. And Kavanaugh, by the way, says Merrick Garland is is a great person and highly regarded. And, and he's not even that liberal. I mean, look, it's just, this isn't even about Donald. It's about Mitch McConnell. That's really where <laughs> okay. it is. Well, unfortunately what's going to happen is this is, this is really in the end all about Trump and, 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 and it's sad because in this day and age, again, it's, it's confirmed and this will, this will confirm it too, that it doesn't matter whether or not something is true anymore. All you oh, have to do, matters. no, 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 no. All you have to do is say it because, because we're going to have a bunch of gutless Republicans, Susan Cotton. Now I'm, 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 I don't want to, uh, to smear her before she makes a decision, <laughs> right. uh, but, but, but the reality is that's what's going to happen today. We're going to hear from Senate Republican after Senate Republican who will say they cannot, in good conscience, vote for Kavanaugh even, even after they – because the woman will have to testify. They're going to have her testify publicly, and, and, and a, lot of, a lot of it is going to be because they want to uh, embar- embarrass uh, the president. No, it's because they and, remember and, and, Roy Moore. And there, and there won't be – and there will not be any – Republican who will even remotely question her with any kind of precision because they don't want to be accused of being anti-woman because that's exactly what people. Well, that's, so, that's so right. So you ask this woman one question about her tail, and you are going to be a sexist. So we, we, the problem is all going to boil down to a bunch of gutless Republicans and gutless U.S. senators, and then we've got also the, you know the Democrat women. Feinstein or Stein or whatever the hell her name is, and Claire McCaskill Stein and uh, Heidi Heitkamp Stein and all those people are not going to confirm Merrick Garland or Merrick Garland, uh, <laughs> confirm Kavanaugh because uh, where they they would have, I guarantee you, Claire McCaskill was going to be a yes vote for Kavanaugh because she had to do it, but instead was going to do have, it now. She she's not going to do it now. Yeah. Jeff Flake, that little pussy. He's not gonna. He's not gonna vote to confirm Kavanaugh, that little punk ass uh, Jeff Flake, and 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 certainly Lindsey Graham probably won't either because he's, he's hedging I, a little. Oh, of course he's. Yeah. 
He's but, he's like he's the hedgehog is what yeah. what Lindsey Graham is. He'll be all over the morning shows today, going, "We need to hear from her." This is a, this is a, an impossibility. I remember when I was in the U.S. Navy <laughs> and I was attacked by all these guys. I liked that, but uh, but she didn't. So some sometimes being held down isn't isn't a good thing. Yeah, I I turned my head so I wasn't looking at you so I could hear that. It's not that was good. Mm-hmm. You're good on that. Yeah, you must yeah. have you practiced. Look, I no, just, I just watched yeah. Saturday Night Live and and the right. segment called well, the you, effeminate heterosexual, yeah, which was hilarious. You could be on there. Look, the last thing I'm going to say because I do have to get over to 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 the kids and you know going to Clayton. Well, you're a college professor, Cl- so yeah, well, uh, right now I'm headed for Clayton High School, and there's all kinds of great things that are happening at St. Louis Public that we're going to do that you'll be involved in and 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 we'll have kids that that will be here to to watch you and maybe even to get a few words in because we're going to we're going to work with Jamila and other people to to stop this this murdering stuff on the streets and to get kids involved in politics instead of well first bad of all things. I I I have to tell you I have to go uh I have to uh I have to get past the anti-cop element there with Jamila Nasheed. However, and, and, and we will eventually, because if, if Jamila Nasheed is actually going to do something that is good for this city and indeed ultimately then good for the region in terms of attacking the scourge of the abandoned buildings and the sure. developers who buy up these buildings and don't do anything, then hopefully uh, then I will support her in doing that, uh, but but I got to get past the uh, uh, turkey no, sandwich understand. guy and the, and and maybe, the lies and, about. And I think we police. will. I think we will. And let me say, I'm glad you brought up that last point about the the developers who buy up the buildings and don't do anything. The developers buy the buildings because they think they're going to make a profit, and that's capitalism. And I understand that, and that's my only okay position with 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 Paul McKee is because he's a capitalist and he's out here doing things to try to make money. His job is not to take care of the public and to protect anybody or to build anything really. It's just to make a profit. Now, government is there to hold him accountable and unfortunately government has not done that. And and that's why somebody like Jamila coming in that will hold people accountable so that the rules are followed properly right. and that people are treated properly, that would be a good place in, and to rebuild St. Louis with that. When, when, when the black politicians on the north side stop allowing these developers to be, go ahead and grease up their coffers and, and get them cruising, uh, then that'll change. If Jamila Nasheed Whitey's is willing to change that... Whitey's done the same that, thing. Well, no, but, 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 the, but the north side aldermen... Have who have been there for fifty some years have been ill serving black people in the some North have. St. Louis area. Some, I agree. They absolutely have. Some and, have. and on top of that, on top of that, it's it's odd because McKee uh, bought all that property after Black Mayor Clarence Harmon said he was going to create. He was basically going to turn uh, Hyde Park into a golf course for white people. Uh, I'm, be, very, and, I'm very sorry, by the way, Clarence. Unfortunately, is white, but that's another discussion for another day. <laughs> well, but anyway, he but he's he's a he's a he was the black mayor who threw the entirety of the near north side under the bus just for the sake of uh, of the developers and and this and this pipe dream that he was going to turn that into a golf course. And if, people if, sort of liked Clarence, right? 
Everybody sort of liked. Well, Clarence. we didn't. We never. We never saw Clarence because he was mostly watching reruns of the yeah. Beverly Hillbillies okay. at his house. But he, he was hardly w- ever in office. He was sort of liked. A lot. The, all the polls said that people thought he was a decent guy. How did a a sitting mayor, who was liked by the public, end up getting five percent of the vote in his reelection? Has to do with racism and all. Yeah, we won't yeah. get into all that. Just my last words, because I wish I had one of my hats that I used to, you know, one of my white Donald Trump kind of hats. But with, and it would say, um, well, it could say several things. Uh, it could say, "Remember Roy Moore." Yeah, yeah, okay. It could do that because that would help explain yeah. what's going on here. Or remember Merrick Garland. Either one. You know what your last words ought to be, Mark? Yeah. Here lies. <laughs> here lies. Here lies Mark Kaysen. Wherever that might be. And that's lies, as in lies. <laughs> yeah, right. Lies! Yeah. All right, get out of here. Okay, thanks. See you later. Yeah. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I've done my damage now. I've been, I've been pooped out of the spaceship and into Almond Show. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Radio Free Almond. RadioFreeAlmond.com. Yeah. It's uh, sad, but true, that ultimately it's not going to matter one way or the other whether or not this is true. The Kavanaugh thing. And today is going to be a sad day for decency because... We are going to just see all of the usual suspects coming out of nowhere and and jumping ship. Because now they have a reason to. Before, if you voted not to confirm Kavanaugh, you would be looked upon as petty and as wrong and as as just Because you don't like Trump. Sorry. And and now they're going to just use the mere suspicion regarding Kavanaugh as a reason to say, no, I'm not going to not going to do this. They'll they'll use that as 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 an excuse. So I could I could basically count the votes at this time. There there won't be a Democrat who's going to vote to confirm him now. And again, it doesn't matter whether this story is true or not. It doesn't matter. And so, I'll name them now. I, I it's uh, Susan Collins is going to be is not going to vote for him. She's a Republican. Lindsey Graham. Probably not. He's it's Lindsey Graham is that guy who's kind of the uh, he he's he's that swamp dweller that occasionally will come out with a winning defense of 
President Trump, but very rarely. It's always kind of backed into. And it's going to ultimately be coming down to that. And it'll be a situation where you've got Jeff Flake, who's ultimately going to say no. And that'll be preceded by some uppity, arrogant floor comment. Some big speech. Jeff Flake will have to make some big speech before his term expires. So got Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham. And, and then, of course, anybody else out there, any Republican out there who was up for uh, re-election or whatever is, is never going to. Because what will happen is all the, all the people out there, all the Me Too people, if you somehow doubt this woman's story, you're going to be tagged with the misogynist word. You're going to be basically called a woman hater. That's how that whole thing's going to go down. So, here we are. I, I hate to I hate to say it. I, I it's it's depressing. No, there is a chance that the U.S. will be fallen with a rash of decency. But I wouldn't count on it. In this day and age, all you got to do is just. Uh, all you got to do is just go ahead and put out a story like this, and boom. We'll see. But the usual never-Trump suspects are, this is this is their way out. This is their chance. And uh, any chance that Claire McCaskill is going to uh, vote for him is, uh, is pretty much gone, so... Thanks all for listening. RadioFreeAlman.com is where you can find all of your Radio Free Almond gear, everybody. And thank you to Michael Proctor. Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor Drapery.com. And Michael with his mobile design unit is going to be all over it. This guy, you call him, it doesn't matter, seven days a week. Michael Proctor will come to your house and he will take maybe 10 minutes to look around. And if you're interested in window treatments, he'll be able to tell you right off the bat, boom, this is a great one. That's a great one. Here's a good one. Choose whatever you want. I'll put it in for you. It'll be a great value, and it'll spruce up your home in ways you never imagined. And that's what Michael's all about. He's your interior designer. He's the guy who's going to install it, too. And what a great value because you never have to leave your house. Never have to leave your house. Aiden's birthday party was Saturday night, and uh, Michael, I managed to take some pictures of your window treatments in the dining room, and so I'm going to put those up on the web along with your mobile design unit, that kind of thing, as I promised, just to kind of uh, thank you also for your support of Radio Free Elman, and thank you also for the uh, uh, the loveliness that is what you did uh, with my dining room, so I appreciate it very much, and you're a good man, and Proctor Drapery is back supporting Common Sense Radio and Free Conservative Radio. Proctor spelled like Dr. ProctorDrapery.com. By the way, looks like the uh, big hope for the Democrats is going to be, what, in a, uh, in a porn star lawyer? Is this possible? This Stelter guy there at CNN, they decided they were going to, uh, to promote the possible candidacy of Michael Avenetti, the, the uh, Stormy Daniels Avenetti. lawyer.
turned it around on Listen to this. Like oh, this. yeah. Why is it that you don't call Donald Trump the creepy porn president? He's the one that had sex with a four-month-old son at home with my client without a condom. After he got off set, Avenatti called Tucker's show Trash TV. So why did he show up there in the first place? I mean, Tucker's Tucker's show, which is swamping anything on CNN right now uh, of, of, of even the highest value, which I can't find anything, but Tucker is humiliating CNN. But... Knock yourself out. It's trash TV. Michael Avenatti for president. Michael Avenatti is here now to tell us why. Michael, many Democrats say no to Fox's interview requests. Many 2020 hopefuls. So I'm curious, why did you say yes? Well, Brian, if you're going to be a fighter and you're going to fight for the future of this country and lead the Democratic Party, then you can't be ducking fights. And frankly, sometimes you have to go into the belly of the beast, as they say, uh, and take on some of these individuals, even if they're entirely unprofessional. So he's going to run his entire campaign based on President Trump's relationship with Stormy Daniels? Like Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know if it's a good thing that star power and TV savvy is required for the job, but I think it is. And by the way, I think President Obama also had a lot of TV star power, and that helped him pre-Trump. But Trump is more evidence of this. And looking ahead to 2020, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. Really? Well, I guess, you know, listen, if, if you're President Trump and he is a popular guy because of his apprentice show, I guess Avenatti can be a popular guy because he happens to be uh, on cable TV a lot. I guess that could, uh, that could possibly propel him into greater things uh, in the, uh, for the Democratic Party. But knock yourself out, guys, because, folks, uh, we're off to the races, and indeed we are. By the way, I'm also hearing... Uh, that this morning, at least, that there will be a small group of Republicans today making a statement about this Kavanaugh thing. I don't know what the statement's going to be. I don't know who's going to actually be the person ahead of it, but I'm hearing that it could be a group of four or five different uh, different individuals from the Republican Party who are going to be talking about uh, Kavanaugh. If you happen to see... A bunch of people like, let's say, oh, Susan Collins and Claire McCaskill at the same time having a news conference, then this thing is pretty much done. But again, as I told Mark, and I'll tell you, put it all together, figure out what it is. Do we want to hear from the lady? Of course we do. Do we want to hear everything from the lady? Of course we we do. We want to hear that her attorney is officially part, publicly part of the resistance. We want to hear that she herself, the college professor, is an avowed Bernie Sanders supporter and has been, she's got her social media all over the joint on that. We know that her therapist did not accurately present the same story that she did, meaning the therapist didn't, first of all, mention any names. And she didn't mention any names when she retold the story to her therapist, which was, this was like a marriage counseling session or something. And uh, she basically ultimately told her, but never told her the name of these individuals. Now, you can argue, well, was it relevant at the time, uh, the, the name? Uh, was, was Kavanaugh's name relevant at the time 
to her. Maybe not. Uh, I, I don't know whether she would mention it to her therapist or not. I don't know how that whole thing rolls. I don't know whether a therapist would say, hey, uh, these high-powered guys you're talking about, what are their names? I don't know. Either way, the name is not in this, uh, in this therapist's note-taking. And we also have a situation where uh, the therapist said that they are in her notes – that there were four people involved, and actually the story coming from the woman is that there were two, and that one of them was Brett Kavanaugh, and the other one was this uh, Mark Judge guy, or Mike Judge, I don't know, I can't remember his name, but he's, uh, he's, he's the guy who says this is flat out absolutely false. Uh, this didn't happen. Now, the polygraph test is a different story, although that is not even getting a lot of attention from the left-wing media because uh, – you can't verify whether or not this thing was undertaken in any kind of professional fashion. So if she wants to go ahead and, and uh, take it again, uh, let's do it. But I do believe that ultimately she ought to be testifying and they ought to compel her to testify. And if she is out there in the public and she's being interviewed and she's doing all this and she's got her lawyer, then you know what? Take a seat and let's talk to you. Unfortunately, What's going to happen is we're going to have a lot of people who just do not have the guts to go ahead and, uh, and ultimately don't have the guts to say, hey, uh, is this true or not true? Because they're afraid of being called misogynist. They're afraid of being dragged into the Me Too movement and, that, and the panic thereof. And that's, that's going to be the problem going into this. So this is a mess. And now it just shows you that as long as you create the mess, uh, it's going to stick. And that's basically how everything is rolling, is that you can just basically, this day and age, make an accusation. It can be printed. It can be run with by anybody who doesn't like you. And ultimately, uh, that's, that's your lot. And all the people who are – I've been through it, people – I, I've been through the false accusations. I've been through the headlines and everything else. And, and I've also been through the situation where there were a lot of gutless people around me who didn't stand up. And, and, and that's, that's where we're at right now. And, and, and that's the problem uh, with our society now is you could just basically say anything about anybody. You call them racist. You call them uh, molesters. You call them this. You call them that. And then it's up to them to prove they're not. And 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 that's where where we're at Chris, right now. And, and we're not going to be able to. Michelle, we're not going to be able to depend on on any normal Republicans to stand up for uh, for Kavanaugh on this matter because they're afraid. And in this society. Uh, right now, in our culture right now, fear is the main driver of the actions of individuals out there. Fear is the main driver of what's going on out there, and it's just not going to, in my opinion, uh, go well for Kavanaugh on this. I don't want to be the, a surrender monkey about this. I'm not. I'm just telling you what we're going to see out there and, and what we're seeing now, and it's a, it's a sad state of affairs, believe me. Uh, speaking of sad, our friends over there in the uh, beautiful southeast are having a huge problem uh, in terms of the flooding, in terms of the power outage. We have almost a million people without power right now in the southeast, and it's a damn shame because we're going to have about, oh, 
let's see. We're going to have the next uh, two months uh, focused on on this, and it's usually going to be turned into something uh, regarding uh, Republicans, something regarding the uh, you know. Uh, something regarding how things are going to go and recovery efforts and everything else. And we're already seeing, and we saw it all over the place, uh, the news media hounding everybody, including the president has been the FEMA director or whatever else. These guys are still talking about Puerto Rico. So believe me, the only reason that we're not hearing about the people and their response to Florence is because we – the, even the the worst elements among us, including our news media, even these guys have some degree of standards. And so they're going to wait maybe, oh, give it about three or four more days. They're going to wait until they start picking apart the response to Florence. And so right now, though, their place setter is Puerto Rico. And so all throughout Sunday – you heard from the news media. They interviewed this FEMA guy who's got the patience of Job. They interviewed an admiral with the Coast Guard and everything else, trying to double back on the president's response to Puerto Rico. And, and of course, also the lies surrounding what's being told uh, to you uh, about the casualties there, which basically at the very least is in dispute. Let's put it that way. But Sunday, this is how it went for the, the president. Toll, multiple tweets. Um, he said over many months, it went to 64 people, then like magic, 3,000 people killed. Believe it or not, Mr. Mr. Long, the White House put out a five-page backgrounder citing other death toll numbers that were less than the one that the governor of Puerto Rico has accepted. By the way, this is, this is an interview with the FEMA director who right now is overseeing response operations for millions of people who currently are in peril, without power, Underwater, their homes destroyed. There are uh, entire cities like Wilmington, North Carolina, who are basically cut off because the roads getting in are impassable at this point. So all this is happening, and this guy, the ferret over there at NBC, wants to talk about Puerto Rico. 2,975 people died uh, as a result of Hurricane Maria or impact from Hurricane Maria, according to the Puerto Rican government. Does FEMA accept that number? So <laughs> the numbers are all over. The this place. is the director of FEMA. This is the guy who's in charge of operations to help our fellow Americans there on the southeast having to deal with this nitpicky crap. Yes, FEMA doesn't count deaths. Um, and, and like if you, if you take what's going on with Florence, the deaths that are verified by the local county coroners are the ones that we take. Now, what we do offer are funeral benefits um, after a disaster uh, for, for those that are eligible. And so those are some of the numbers that you can put forward that can be cross-referenced with any of the numbers that are out there. I got to ask you. Yeah, so by the way, there was, for instance, a death uh, from Florence that was, I guess, technically related to the flood, but it was a guy who ran his pickup truck into a tree as he was traversing the storm or doing whatever. Now, I guess, is that a hurricane death or whatever, Florence death? I, I guess it could be called that, yeah. But at the very least, as I told you explicitly last week, I even linked the Breitbart breakdown of all the numbers. I told you that this study that they're all running with, which is the 3,000 number, is one study based on a model that is uh, 
that is not based on body counts. It's based on projections, based on a scientific model. Now, are there scientific models at work? Yeah, I guess. But that's no way to, in my opinion, come up with a death toll by just guessing. And that's really what it is. I don't care whether you call it a scientific model or not. In the end, it's guessing. You have zero proof. And, and if you're going to go ahead and tell the story, tell the story about the nine other agencies and studies that, that have been done that show these deaths uh, not even hovering over 1,100. And so at the very least, if you're going to be fair, take all the studies instead of just taking the one that you like. The 3,000 one, because it's a convenient number, because it is uh, a round number for you, and because it's the number of people killed on 9-11, right? So you're going to be able to use it that way. And uh, keep in mind, do the uh, Republicans, uh, do any of the conservatives out there come to the rescue of the president when it comes to uh, these numbers and, and knowing that these numbers are at the very least in dispute? Nah, because we've got Jennifer Rubin. She's a, an opinion writer at the Washington Post. She's, she's the conservative in the House. She's the conservative in the House, keep in mind. yeah. Donald Trump has killed those people twice. Once through neglect and oversight and secondly, disgracing that they died at all. Um, and that's what death denial, that's what Holocaust denial, that's what all these denial syndromes are all about, is killing the person twice. That's your conservative at the Washington Post. Her name is uh, Jennifer Rubin. And again, uh, this is all while I'm seeing, like, for instance, even when she's talking about this Puerto Rico thing and slinging her hash there, I'm looking at her speaking. And within the box that she's speaking in is another small box that is showing us exactly the path of tropical storm Florence. We're watching even on this map. They're showing video of people trying to uh, get out from under the floodwaters. They're showing people struggling to maintain their property and, 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 and deal with their property. They're showing people who – fellow Americans who are suffering and all Jennifer Rubin and the rest of these clowns over there at CNN and beyond can do is talk about Puerto Rico and talk about the deaths. And, and politicize this. And that's only because they haven't yet found a problem with the Florence efforts. They will. And then Puerto Rico will be, you know, shoved to the side and they will have uh, they will have Florence to deal with. It'll all be political. The climate that we're in right now, nothing regarding the facts matter to any of these people. It absolutely does not. And I mean, listen, you can. uh you can. That wasn't the only time that they used uh, uh, the Holocaust denial reference in terms of President Trump saying that the numbers are in dispute. This was over at MSNBC on the uh, Joy Reid show where they had a, a ton of fun with that as well. And, and again, folks, this is uh, this is a development that ultimately, uh, folks, we have to uh, uh, figure out in terms of the coverage, why these people are pursuing this and why they continue ultimately to, to sling this mud regarding President Trump. And ultimately, you know what? It's, it's not going to matter one way or the other because that's where we are, people, in this deal. And with Kavanaugh going south, I don't know what else to tell you, but we're living in a world that's driven by the hatred of President Trump. 
that's how it's going. We could be rescued, though, by one Stevie Winwood if they don't pull me off of Facebook. Don't forget, folks, coming up, we've got our Radio Free Almond Happy Hour at Santino's Cigars and Cocktails. It's on the 27th. The County Brown Barbecue guy is going to be out there. And it's $10 a plate. And so the Radio Free Almond Happy Hour is also going to be devoted to raising money for backstoppers, which is really cool. And love these guys because it's Brett Steinhoff and the rest of the guys who are uh, out there ready to rock. Even if you have an event where you need them, where you need somebody to cater it or make some food for you, the County Brown Barbecue guys are out there. But in the... the, uh, in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and uh, have this Radio Free Almond Happy Hour there with a uh, bourbon tasting. For my guys over at Glazers. And we're also going to uh, have drink specials there, too, for you. Santino Cigars and Cocktails. They have your bottle, people. Mike and Shannon talked to them a while back and uh, when we were arranging all this. And Mike's going to try to get us some cigars that are Radio Free Almond cigars. In fact, I I owe Mike an email with our logo on it so they can put some of that together for us and and, uh, get it going on. Did you see this thing and you guys watch this show uh, Shameless? It's a hit liberal show on Showtime. I don't get it. I don't, you know, I wish I, I can't keep up with all these shows. I feel like I'm, you know, I feel like I sound like I'm an old man or something, but I can't even keep up with all these shows. I have any time to watch them. I was struggling just to watch baseball highlights last night, which I love. I love watching baseball highlights. Especially when the Cardinals are kicking, but I like that too. I like that a lot. So this show, Shameless, over the weekend, it's it's not it all. It sounds like Mark Kaysen. You know, Mark comes in and says Kavanaugh's guilty because men are bad. In general, it's like, okay. I think I've heard that before from a 17-year-old Barnard College student, but I haven't heard that from a grown man before. So the show Shameless, if you watch it, and if if you're listening to Radio Free Alma and you watch Shameless, I'd wonder why, because I don't know why you'd want to subject yourself to left-wing dribble when you can just turn on the news or turn on any other radio show or whatever and hear it, but just for your argument here. I've got this uh, woman who's uh, 
It's the the title of the show is Mo White, so I don't know what that means, but uh, so Debbie Gallagher, who's the who's uh, the the character, she's a female welder on a construction site, and so she's paid less than the men she works with. Uh, and of course that's illegal by any stretch, but instead of talking to her boss or filing a lawsuit, uh, she starts agitating and, and, and just makes a big, big ass deal about it. And, and so she's talking and ultimately she makes a, uh, a rash statement about the uh, country as a whole. And this is what you're hearing on, you on Showtime. American man works about 17.5 hours a week doing unpaid home labor, cooking, cleaning, while women, however, spend about 28.4 hours a week. Now, considering the fact that the average American makes 26.82 cents an hour, that's $40,000 a year that women are not getting paid to cook, clean, and wipe baby asses. Yeah. This is this is like a, a a young woman here, and this is what you're getting on, on your on your Showtime shows is the uh, this kind of uh, drivel about this country, and you know what? That's why I don't watch these shows because I don't even know whether that's even entertaining to to anybody, unless it's something that you love as you suck your thumb as a left winger watching shows reconfirm what you've already what you've already been able to. Uh, to come to your own conclusions about the country. So I guess it just is, it's another way to pacify these folks. Do you guys see some of the coverage of the hurricane, by the way? I mean, I know that most of it's dominated by the individuals who are, uh, who are talking about Puerto Rico. And, and I, and I realize that's kind of uh, the rub here, but uh, when it comes to the coverage of uh, the overdramatic coverage, you see the one bit where there's the guy from, I think it's the Weather Channel. Was it the Weather Channel, Matt? Or it was some guy, and he's like, he's holding fast. He's like, I, I'm trying to fight the wind. I can't really, I can't really get with, with the wind. It's just driving me. Right behind him, these guys are just walking casually behind him. And I'm beginning to think now that it is an outgrowth of what was the original funniest bit I've ever seen regarding covering weather events. I mean, listen, Dan Rather, you know, and I, I love watching these highlights of people being hit by flying stop signs and stuff like that, which is amusing by any stretch. But they, uh, they had the, uh, the – now I think it, people in, in storm coverage now are making it part of their trolling where they find somebody doing like a live shot or something. And now they, I think they purposely walk behind them. When they're being overdramatic, they purposely act as if nothing is going on. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen uh, these individuals who are <laughs> who are doing their reports and talking about how terrible everything is, and then someone walks by, like just with a you know, sucking on a on a uh, a coke from the 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 nearest nearby Seven Eleven, casually walking by. Oh, do you see the looters? By the way, too. Yeah, that's the that's the uh, that's the scum of the earth right there. One thing I can't figure out though is why the dollar store, and this was on Fox News over the weekend, the dollar store there uh, was being looted, 
And the police issued a statement saying, we're not going to arrest these people or do anything to these people uh, because uh, the dollar store management says no. The dollar store management says they don't want anything to happen uh, to them, uh, to these people who were looting. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, first of all, why? And secondly, I don't understand why the police have to listen to the dollar store management when they're watching people stealing. They're watching people taking stuff out of the dollar store and putting it in their car and that is witnessing a crime. So it doesn't matter whether or not that they didn't pay for because the store is closed, obviously. So you're watching, you're watching this crime occurring, and the police ought to arrest these guys. I mean, I, how is it possible? That, and believe me, these first responders have so much to do as it is in terms of, of, of trying to just help people and, and deal with people. Why they, you know... Uh, why they have to busy themselves with these common criminals is beyond me. And Linda's pointing out that the dollar store doesn't want to be uh, get burned down in a riot. Yeah, you're right. And Vicky, you're right too. Can you? And, and again, that's the country we have to deal with right now. It is a situation where uh, where we have to uh, put up with. People who not only commit crimes, but then the people they're committing the crimes against must remain quiet or they will come back to them and harm them. I mean, if if that's not a third world thing we're dealing with, whether it be uh, the, the political environment we're in right now or this environment, I don't know what is, but if a dollar store is, uh, uh, is is being looted and they're afraid to say something because they're afraid the looters or the community is going to come back and burn them down. That's America. As Carol points out, she says, I hope that I hope the dollar store doesn't wind up uh, ultimately making some kind of insurance claim over all this, because if you're willfully allowing your area to be booted and looted by these guys, then that's on you. Then go ahead and 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 uh, take care of it. But then again, if it's a dollar store, and let's say 100 items are taken, it's $100, right? Is everything a dollar at the dollar store? I don't think so. All right, back to the, uh, back to the funny media stuff. So the original stunt that was exposed, this has become a, a, an instant classic. This was a uh, while back. This is back when uh, Matt Lauer was molesting people at NBC. And he's the anchor of the Today Show. And he's with Katie Couric. And they're going to this uh, massive flooding that is going on there up in the Northeast because of incessant rains and all the ensuing floodings. So uh, (laughs) Michelle Kosinski, she's a uh, young reporter and she's a local reporter. And at the time, I'm fairly certain that Michelle... Is, uh, is, is, is not employed by NBC, but is being used as kind of a, a stringer. And, and so she goes out there, and uh, she's in a canoe. And so uh, Matt and Katie decide they're going to go to her live, and there she is kind of in a canoe with her paddle and everything else. 
and this doesn't take long to blow up in her face. Check it out. But first, the severe flooding here in the Northeast as more rain continues to fall today. NBC sees Michelle Kaczynski, I guess she's in the canoe, is in Wayne, New Jersey this morning. Michelle, good morning to you. Good morning. Well, obviously, we're getting a nice break from the rain, but not the flooding. This is essentially now a part (laughs) of the Passaic River in this neighborhood. So these guys in waders, and, and it looks like they're carrying groceries. These guys in waders walk right in front of her canoe. Uh, yeah, walk right in front of her canoe. And at that point, of course, she's sitting in this canoe. She's got her paddle out, and the guys walk in front of her. And, of course, it's so brazen. And, and I, I have no doubt that these guys in the waders did this on purpose. And if they did do it on purpose, more power to them because these guys are are hilarious. And so they walk right in front of her. And at that point, I mean, even Matt Lauer and Katie Couric, I mean, they're they're like, okay, uh, we have to we have to point this out because it's now apparent to everybody in TV land that this woman's in a canoe saying that the waters are just impossible to, to, to traverse except by boat. Of course, then you're wondering, like, where's the camera then? Because is the camera on high ground? And, and automatically, though, when you look at this video, you're thinking, okay, why are you in a – where's the camera? Because the camera's pointing at you. You're in a boat, and you're in a canoe. So even before the guys walk in front of the canoe – the question has to beg you if you're watching it, although I don't think many people are this, this critical of a, of, a, of a watcher. The question is to uh, – you have to beg the question, okay, so where is the, where is the camera? And if the camera is, looks like it's on land, why isn't the reporter on land? Like why is the reporter in a canoe claiming that it's just – unbelievable flooding and look at the water here and everything else. And then, uh, and then you, the camera though was someplace clearly on high ground and safe and everything else. But anyway, Laura and Katie Kirk are like, um, what was this again? What were you, what are yesterday through the streets? And it's really tough to control a canoe or a boat when you're out in it. It's much deeper back there because this is really... Actually, Michelle, I'll take it. Is there some kind of severe drop-off there uh, between the four granite? He'll go back. We saw these guys a second ago, Michelle, walking. Are these holy men walking on top of water? What's going on here? Why walk when you can ride, you guys? They even replayed the clip. They're humiliating this From reporter. A ride like this, why would you want to walk? Have you run ashore but, yet? Uh, well, they could. They wouldn't let me go back into the deep water because they were afraid I would just drift out. Here. Strange piece of video there, Michelle. Is, is your oar hitting ground, Michelle? <laughs> of course. It's the one. It's probably the, the best question Katie Couric has ever asked in her career. All right. <laughs> okay. All right, it's Michelle. It's smooth as silk. Michelle, thank you very much. That's Michelle Kaczynski in New Jersey for the us this best morning. laid plans of yeah. mice and men. Michelle anyway. Kaczynski eventually went on to become like a State Department reporter or, or something of that nature. Uh, and so she actually was promoted after that debacle. But as long as she's not covering floods anymore, then we're, we're fine. All right, so we have the latest... Uh, poll numbers coming to us from CBS. And these are the latest poll numbers that regard the uh, Missouri Senate races as well as the Montana 
Senate races. Now, keep in mind, uh, Claire McCaskill, I told you last week, was in in polling shown to be the uh, the, the the fourth uh, most un for the four months in a row the most unpopular uh, Democrat incumbent in the current U.S. Senate races, and that seemingly has not hurt her, uh, according to this CBS poll. So uh, this is called the CBS News Battleground Tracker. And this is uh, covering the Montana race as well as the Missouri race. I'll get to the Montana one real quickly because uh, John Tester, who generally is considered to be a, uh, a conservative Democrat, I guess you could say, I mean, in Montana, you almost have to be. Uh, and, and so the uh, tester, for instance, uh, has uh, his family has served in the military. He's got that kind of background. He's a gun rights ag- advocate. And so he's, he's you know, technically uh, somebody who's tolerable in the Democrat Party and, and, and even among some Republicans. And also he has – been somewhat supportive of the President Trump economic agenda, but that hasn't stopped the president from going. And, and because ultimately, when it really does matter, Tester's not going to uh, vote on critical matters related to uh, to President Trump. He's just not going to going to be there. But in Montana, um, basically, just this is where you're seeing a, a real split. So John Tester is at forty seven percent. And Matt Rosendale, who's a Republican, is at 45%. But let's go to the race in Missouri. And and this is not good news for Josh Hawley, as far as I'm concerned. Because you've got Senator McCaskill running in a state where uh, President Trump won this 19 percentage points ahead of Hillary Clinton, 19 percentage points ahead. And yet you have a situation where uh, you have, according to this battleground tracker, and this is, again, a poll, so uh, margin of error is 3.3%, which is, uh, in my opinion, kind of high, uh, but it's it's 3.3% the margin of error. And so... Um, you have them tied at 45%. And that's not good news. Claire McCaskill is the incumbent. She has an advantage there to a certain degree. But you would think in this day and age where people are supportive of the president's economic agenda in a state that is 19 percentage points ahead uh, in, in the general election, that was just, you know, 600 days ago, you'd think that Hawley would be doing a lot better, but he's at 45%. And I have to tell you, in all honesty, that I think that there are a lot of people who just have are seeing Josh Hawley as just another piece of Republican milk toast. That's the only thing I can find. There's nothing that distinguishes Josh Hawley uh, in, the, in, in, in any category, really, whether it be in energy, whether it be in personality, 
Would it be in any of that? I mean, golly, when you think of it, I mean, even when you talk about Manetti or Cortland Sykes or you talk about uh, Austin Peterson or these these people that we we talked to and, and had on the air here uh, where Josh Hawley, of course, didn't bother and his and his campaign has been just totally lackluster. Uh, I, I don't think that they even think that that I exist which is fine. I mean, if that's, if that's going to be your plan, then, then, then knock yourself out. But this is not good news for Josh Hawley. And, and I, I know that people are going to go, yeah, but it's not good news for Claire McCaskill because she's the incumbent Democrat, and if people are really that unhappy, uh, you know, she should be, uh, uh, in, this, in this case, she ought to be uh, much higher. But... That's not the way I'm looking at it. Maybe you all are looking at it differently, but Claire McCaskill ought to be in this poll. She ought to be swamped by Josh Hawley. Given the circumstances, given what's been going on, given Missouri's uh, track record in terms of its support of President Trump, this is Trump country right here. And in Trump country, a Republican ought to be doing a lot better than a Democrat, especially in this Senate race. So... Voters are seeing, apparently, according to CBS, national implications in the Senate race. Backers of both McCaskill and Hawley overwhelmingly say they want to help their party get or keep control of the Senate. Two-thirds of Josh Hawley's backers say their vote is at least partially to support the president. And two-thirds of McCaskill say it's to oppose him. So this is really still a referendum uh, regarding President Trump's performance with two-thirds of the people polled say they're only doing it because, uh, because they, they, they support somebody who they want to support the president's agenda or oppose it. And more of Hawley's voters say they're backing him primarily because he's a Republican than are McCaskill's voters backing her primarily because she's a Democrat. McCaskill's backers are relatively more likely to describe themselves as picking her on personal characteristics or issue stances, which might help explain her competitiveness in a state that Republican presidential candidates have usually carried pretty easily. Do you see what's going on there? Again, McCaskill's backers are more likely to describe themselves as picking her on personal characteristics or issue stances which means that there are a lot of people who don't know much about Josh Hawley, his personal characteristics, or his issue stances, that they're just voting for him because he's got an R next to his name. That's not going to result in a victory in November. Most voters, most Missouri voters, give the president at least some credit for a local economy they say is good. But fewer Missouri voters say they are satisfied with the way things are going in the country right now, despite the economy. And 7 in 10 describe the midterm election as about national issues more than local and state ones. So... There are a lot of people who are hanging on to this idea that they want a Democrat in the Senate still because of the possibility that Obamacare could ultimately be be uh, 
shot down, and they're and they're trying to preserve that. And uh, she's seen as having an edge on handling healthcare, and has more of a sense, according to these people polled, that she knows about the needs and problems of uh, of the state of Missouri. And Hawley has an edge on immigration and crime and gun policy. And again, uh, the problem is there's no real problem in the world of the of our guns. People aren't there. There's no way at this point that anybody's really going after them, and that's actually resulted in kind of a problem for uh, gun makers and gun stores and things. I don't know whether you guys realize this, but boy, gun sales are not as high as they should be uh, for a lot of these gun stores out there who are having some some problems, and I know this because I know some people who run gun stores and operate them. And there are some who are doing really well and some who are doing less than well. But the problem is the gun manufacturers, you know, they all thought, like everybody else, that Hillary Clinton would be the next president of the United States. And so what the gun manufacturers did is they just – produced guns like crazy, and then by the time the uh, presidential election took place, they had a uh, they had a crates and crates and crates of guns sitting on the dock waiting to be picked up, and no one was picking them up because the demand for guns uh, went down, and it does uh, when you have a president who was in the White House, who is going to be overseeing, securing gun rights. It just kind of stands to reason. So what happened is it's not really that people uh, are buying fewer guns necessarily. It's that the manufacturers overproduce them. And so you've got a bunch of uh, guns of guns just sitting around. So they're, 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 and, that's, and that's been part of the problem. All right, so uh, he's got the issue on immigration and crime policy. He's got the edge there. And – Clearly, there might be a lot of movement in the uh, in the election on through November. So uh, there's still, though, uh, the current supporters of McCaskill and Hawley say they're not going to switch. I mean, you're either supportive of McCaskill or you're not, and you're either supportive of Hawley or you're not. You're not going to say, "Hmm, let's see." Who should I vote for, Josh, or should I vote for Claire? And here's the other problem. And again, you know, I don't necessarily uh, blame you because I understand. But there are a lot of Republicans who are not who lost interest in this race. And 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 I'm not saying that's you know a good thing. I I, I was hoping that after a contentious primary and then Josh Hawley winning the primary, I was hoping that ultimately what we would have is a, um, is a coalescence of conservatives behind Josh Hawley uh, and, and behind a Republican Senate candidate, and then it would be, hey, uh, gravy for the guy. But unfortunately... There are a lot of people who are really, really not happy with how things worked out with this this race and and with um, and, and and with how things 
played out and how the Missouri Republican Party basically threw uh, a lot of our Republican guys that we liked under the bus by coalescing behind Josh Hawley and basically just uh, deciding that they they are going to decide and, and not really let us decide. And so that's how everything played out, and that's why we're in a situation now where there's a lackluster amount of support for Josh Hawley. You're seeing that in the polls. He ought to be doing a lot better than he's doing. This shouldn't be that much of a challenge, but unfortunately now it is. Claire McCaskill, I guess you could argue she should be doing better too since she's the incumbent, but this is on Josh. This is on him. And he ought to be doing a lot better, and he's not. According to the CBS poll, at least, 45 to 45. With a margin of error of 3%, so, you know, it could be that Josh Hawley's ahead by at 48. Or it could be that Claire McCaskill's ahead uh, at 48. We, we just don't know, but he ought to be doing better. I personally think he's lazy. Uh, I think he's proven that. I think he's believing too much of the, the predisposed press uh, and, and I, that, that he received. And I think there are a lot of you out there who, I, you know, I don't think it's a good thing, but it is what it is, where you're just like, wow, uh, let Hawley suffer. Let him go. He doesn't deserve it. And based on what the Republican Party did to us, uh, we don't think we ought to give it to him. He helped take down our governor. Lorene just took the words out of my uh, to, to uh, take down the governor, and he's part of this Republican establishment, uh, and some of whom hate Donald Trump. Like, for instance, there are people on this board, there are people on this committee who decided to go ahead and back Josh Hawley, there are people on this committee who were uh, never Trumpers. They were people who were not supportive of the president during the, during the campaign and, in fact, didn't work hard to get him elected in the general. These are the same people, by the way, who, when they appear as the Republican Party at the state fairs and things, won't even put a Trump sign up. I'm trying to figure out, like, what are you people doing? What, what are you state Republicans doing here? Why are, why are you not? Why are you not engaging the the rank and file people who were who put Trump over the top at 19 percent? Why aren't you engaging us? Why are we going to state fairs and seeing the Missouri State Republican Party without a, without a damn Trump sign out there? I mean, the, the one picture we have from when they were at the uh, Sedalia State Fair, I think it was, the state fair there, where they had their, they had their booth and everything else, and, and Blunt sign was the most prominent. And he's not even running in this election. Uh, you know? I just, I, I just don't get it. Now, there are a lot of you out there who are, you know, I, I, well, I'm going to vote for Josh Hawley. I, I'm, I'm voting. 
And when I vote, I'm voting for Josh Hawley. I'm going to be. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to show up. And I'm going to vote because I, th- I think the stakes are are too damn high at this point. And I think that that ultimately uh, you gotta you gotta get rid of her because we need President Trump's agenda to power through, and we need all that much more. Uh, you know, strength in the U.S. Senate. It's, a, it's, it's pivotal. And so I, I'm going to vote for Josh Hawley. But do I blame you for just kind of feeling dead as a Republican? No, I, I, I don't blame you. And, and, and do I do I blame the Republican Party, the state Republican Party, for uh, for exacerbating that sense of dead? Yeah, I do, because you 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 haven't been stepping up, you haven't been promoting President Trump's agenda. Where is where is I mean, unfortunately, what happened is, and I think this poll was taken, uh, I think during the week, uh, this week of the the t- last week, and there were a lot of things uh, that were. Uh, were happening that week, and the president, for instance, had to cancel his appearance in Cape Girardeau on behalf of Hawley, uh, and 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 it's because of the hurricane and everything else, and so, uh, which I didn't think he needed to do, uh, and 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 shouldn't have done, but they, but you have to because of all the optics, and that's that's how it works. You have to because if he did, if he went ahead and did a political thing, he'd be. You know, a jerk, and uh, you, you you understand. It didn't stop Obama from making another speech, though. By the way, it didn't get nearly as enough as much coverage because they were. They, I think they're Obama is such a soulless political hack that uh, that I think even the news media at this point was like, we're going to try to cover for him here and 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 make sure we don't embarrass him even more than he's already been embarrassed. So they gave they gave the Dark Lord a break on that one. But anyway, I think that hurt Holly that that Trump didn't wasn't able to come in. I hope that he ultimately does come in, and uh, we need Holly uh, in the Senate. Now again, it's unfortunate that he's not seemingly working hard. I didn't necessarily. I saw some snippets of his debate uh, with Claire McCaskill. I didn't think he doesn't come across as very strong. In fact, Claire McCaskill seems a little bit. Uh, comes across in her presence, in in her in her personal presence, as a lot more has a lot more charisma seemingly than he does. And, I, and again, I'm not trying to support. I'm not trying to give Claire McCaskill a shout out here, but but just generally, she comes across as having a little bit more charisma than Josh Hawley does. Is that bad of me to say? I mean, I think Josh Hawley, you know, he tries to, you know, have the have the suit with the cowboy boots like all the other guys do in the Republican Party. I mean, I wear cowboy boots, but I just I didn't just go out and buy them. I've had them for twenty years. It was weird. I went down to the uh, thing, and this is where uh, where where. Uh, Greitens was they had the Republican thing down there, and apparently that's what you have to do if you're a state Republican. You must wear cowboy boots that 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 you look like you just went out and bought for the occasion. I didn't see any old cowboy boots on these boys. I saw uh, 
No, I, no, Siri, you don't have to look up cowboy boots. I, no, it's okay, Siri. No, I, I have cowboy boots already, baby. Siri heard me say cowboy boots and then suddenly decided she was going to look for cowboy boots for me. I have some already. You need to go down. Uh, Siri, you need to tell the other Republicans where. Uh... Dan, I don't, even, I don't even know where Josh Hawley's hometown is. Is that bad that we don't even know where, where, his, where what his hometown is? And, Dan, I'm not blaming you. I mean, I'm not trying to haul you here, uh, uh, trying to haze you here. But uh, but don't you think that's a problem that we don't know where Josh Hawley is from? Where is he from, by the way? Do you guys know where he's from? I don't know where he's from. I know where Claire McCaskill's from only because she's been around forever, but uh, you know she's in the, she's the Jackson County, Kansas City gal. In fact, I think her husband was. Uh, um, I I think that uh, her husband at one point. This was the story I heard, and this is what happened. What this was like her first husband or something like that. And she was a prosecutor or something in Jackson County. And uh, her, I think her, I, I, I don't quote me on this because I'm not trying to smear her. But I think, I think it was her first one. But like he was smoking a joint or something on a gaming boat or something like that. And like dropped the, the, uh, the joint, like the roach right in front of a state trooper or something like that. I think that's the – and that, that's when she said, well, listen, um, I, I might have the story a little bit messed up, but I think that's one of the things that, that, that led to um, her – his demise was being caught smoking weed on a gaming boat and a state trooper caught him. I don't know. I'm just saying. Claire McCaskill, when I knew her as a state auditor – She's pretty damn good as a state auditor. I, I will give her that. She's hugely annoying as a as a as a U.S. senator, and and I always thought she was actually a lot different than than that. Uh, but but because she, she was when she was a state auditor, she was pretty good. She was very independent, and uh, and really uh, very helpful to me as a reporter. Because she was always very accessible, and she and I got along great. Uh, she and I were uh, got along very well. In fact, I'll never forget. Uh, and and you know, I, I have remained uh, a, uh, a friend of hers, so to speak. She still says hello to me, but she doesn't like. She ever since I had her on the air one time and uh, asked her about this airplane business and everything else, she she never came on with me again. And in fact, complained about uh, about my uh, treatment of her and everything else when I when I asked her on the air about her her airplane deal, that expense and all that stuff. This was a, this was before the second airplane thing came around. But I remember one time she um, she was she called me because she wanted some advice on how to deal with other conservative people, and I basically told her, and this was before that interview. And then she wound up hosing me, but I never gave her the. I never, I never gave her any advice. I wouldn't have any advice to give her. But I think she thought maybe I could. I would be on her side. This was years ago, 
And then I know she almost won uh, uh, the governor's race, but didn't didn't do that either. Margaret says Hawley comes from Lexington, Missouri. Okay, but 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 let me tell you something. It's not a good thing that we don't know. I'm just telling you. It's it's not it's not a good thing that we don't know. And I think that the Hawley campaign is lazy throughout the entirety of the uh, of the primary. Hawley never came on Radio Free Almond. I've I've had a decent relationship with Hawley before. I mean, I had, you know, uh, when he was Attorney General, even and even before he was elected Attorney General, I had him on the Almond Report show all the time. When it came to uh, when it came to the the Hobby Lobby case and everything else, I had him on quite a bit. He was always really good and uh, outstanding, and that's why when it came time to have him as the uh, as a Supreme Court, uh, as a Attorney General candidate, I was I was very supportive of him. Thought he'd be perfect for that job, and indeed, most Missouri voters did think he was perfect for that job. But maybe Hawley is like uh, has gotten advice, and maybe because of the uh, of the 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 blunt factor too. Like like for instance, uh, Roy Blunt's hasn't won't give me the time of day anymore. Because of what of what happened, they're so scared. I, I guess of what being associated with me or something. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, Hawley's got two problems. One, his campaign is lazy, and, and and he is too. And Claire McCaskill has taken advantage of people who don't work hard enough or who rest on their laurels, laurels, she has taken advantage of them before. And one of the people who will be the first to tell you that would be my friend uh, and good friend, Jim Talent, who will acknowledge back in the day there were lots of things that were uh, not in his favor in in that race. One was it was right smack in the middle of the Iraq war, and you had people like Harry Reid saying the war was lost, and you had all this – Stuff going on, and and uh, and it was bad. It was the the media was portraying the war as bad. Anybody who supported GW was going to go down in flames, and uh, so Jim had that going uh, against him. And also Jim's campaign strategy, uh, or at least the campaign strategy of the people who were working for him, was in question because I think they were assuming that that anybody who listens to the Almond in the Morning show when it was on 97.1, would vote Republican no matter what. Well, what happened is Claire came on, and, you know, I pressed her. I didn't give her just free reign, but she came on, and, uh, and she presented herself as a moderate or as a centrist. And there were a lot of people who weren't really happy that they, didn't, that they weren't hearing from Jim Talent. And even though Jim was a Republican, some of them wound up voting for Claire McCaskill which is ridiculous, but they did. And so Jim lost. A lot of it had to do with just the, the, the smear jobs uh, regarding the war, but, but some of it had to do with Jim's own, his campaign strategy in terms of just saying, I know, I'll go on KMOX, but I won't go on, I won't go on the, uh, the Almond Show because I don't need to because they're all going to go uh, – for me anyway. So why bother talking to them? 
Now that might be Josh Hawley's strategy and why he's uh, not on the air, or whatever. But the, but the the chances are pretty good that first of all, I've been hugely harsh on Jack Danforth. I I, I have been pretty damn hard on him uh, after he wrote that scathing, immature, petulant, petty, disgusting, vile hit job on President Trump. And, and and that's when uh, St. John, as they call him, Danforth, uh, went out and, and, uh, and said that about Trump and then summarily wound up putting himself on the letter that was drafting Josh Hawley to run for the U.S. Senate seat. And I did manage, I did talk to Josh Hawley at one time, and this was uh, in the spring, I did talk to him about the Danforth thing, and I said uh, there are a lot of Republicans out there who aren't happy that Danforth is like one of your main supporters, and they, it worries them because Danforth hates Donald Trump, and Danforth is another one of these Jeff Flakey, John McCainy type of Republicans, and 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 unfortunately. People say, oh, those were the good old days when Danforth and Eagleton were all friends and, you know, back when there was a sense of bipartisanship or anything else. What did bipartisanship get us, by the way? It got us a, uh, a destruction of our manufacturing base, a destruction of the, uh, the middle class, destruction of the blue-collar workforce. No tax reform at all. In fact, it, it even got worse. And trade deals that threw everybody under the bus. That's what we got. So you can, you can talk about the, the good old days of Tip O'Neill and of John Danforth and Eagleton and all these guys, but those weren't the good old days. Those were the days when we had Republicans and Democrats plotting to, uh, to, to undercut normal, average, everyday people. And so I don't have any respect for those days at all. Those were bad old days, not good old days. These are, these are the good days right now with our economy and everything else. Yeah, things are, things are troublesome and things are a problem and things are a bummer. I get it. But, but these are, in my opinion, the good days that we're uh, experiencing, especially as it relates to the economy. Uh, you've got people building. You've got people hiring. You've got wages increasing. So as far as I'm concerned, these are, these are good days, uh, not necessarily bad ones. But the Danforth thing I think is hurting him, and Josh Hawley ought to be doing a lot better than he is now. But he's not. I don't know whether you guys have kids or not. A lot of you do. And I've been moving start no trouble with me. <laughs> Scott, you really miss John McCain already? Come on, people. I'm going to keep pulled up on Facebook for this because it's a really popular. It's, I'll turn it down a bit because you'll probably want me to turn it down anyway. But I had a really nice uh, experience on Friday when I chaperoned Aiden's. When I chaperoned Aiden's mixer. At Chaminade, and kids these days—I mean, I, I have—I have hope for the future with these kids. 
Because you, you, you think that, you know, like, like be, first of all, being 13 uh, is a, 13's a rough age. And, and I remember uh, with, with my older kids uh, knowing the reality that I think 13 at the time was kind of a, uh, a, a witching age for boys. And 14 was kind of a witching age for girls. Those are two rough areas. I, I don't know whether it's actually got – I don't know whether it increased or not, but um, I don't know whether now the age is different. But I still think 13 is a tough age for anybody. So, I'm, so I am uh, a, a chaperone for the mixer among many of these great parents out there. And – uh, and I'll be darned if if the the two songs that seem to be the most popular uh, at at this mixer were uh, God's plan and and uh, and Sweet Caroline. I mean, they were they were they were actually dancing to Sweet Caroline, people. The old Neil Young song. They like that. Kids, 13. I guess they see their parents doing it at weddings and stuff. But you can't you can't argue with the idea that where it began. You can't argue with the idea that you have 13 and 14 year olds. Dancing to songs like God's Plan, a song called God's Plan. I mean, it could be worse, right? Although you listen to God's Plan, you go, how they dance to that? Well, it, they have a more of a hip-hoppy kind of mixed version of God's Plan that they dance to. And kids really don't dance, though, when they're 13 and 14. They jump up and down and <laughs> they jump up and down. They don't really dance, but I but but God love them. I tell you, and they, and they and and when it's funny because we we sit there as the uh, as the chaperones, and what would happen is you'd have a song, and then you'd have the kids kind of all go. If the song wasn't like something they liked, they'd all go out into the hallway or do whatever. And then they would, then you could tell the songs they liked because they'd come running into the gymnasium when, when there was a song they liked. So you'd, ha- you'd kind of see this kind of, uh, like, it was almost like watching an ocean. You know, the wave would go back and forth. And then Sweet Caroline came on, and I'll be darned if they didn't all like f- start running to the stage. 13-year-olds and 14-year-olds dancing to Sweet Caroline or chanting to Sweet Caroline, whatever it happens to be. I never really... I I liked Neil Diamond. I grew up with him, and I had his album, the Song Sung Blue album or whatever it is. But I never really really understood the Sweet Caroline thing, to tell you the truth. I, I don't really... Is that from a, like, did somebody do that in a movie or something? Is that why people are doing that? I really don't. I really don't get it. 
But I always have to participate in it, though, when they do do it. Because you're supposed to. If you don't, you're a stick in the mud. So good! So good! I mean, really? But you do anyway. Pump your fist up. So good. You know, yeah, I get it. But Scotty got his daughter hooked on Silver Sun pickups. Scotty, you know what you ought to do, though, dude? You want to uh, try to find the Silver Sun Pickups version of uh, Lazy Eye. They did on uh, David Letterman's show once. I tried to look for it once for you guys, and they, they've done a couple of versions of it and have been on, on David Letterman's show a couple of times and sang Lazy Eye and did that Lazy Eye on, on a couple of those ones, but... I can't find the one that was like my favorite that I consider to be like one of the best live performances I've I've ever seen on, on TV anywhere, and that was Silver Sun Pickups doing Lazy Eye. So if she's a fan of Lazy Eye, uh, I would definitely uh, show her that because it was awesome. And Silver Sun Pickups are great. And I don't know where they got where they got to, but all right. So the latest now regarding the Kavanaugh situation, if you're just now tuning into the show or you're just now getting up to speed on what's going on uh, today. And I'm hearing that, that we've got some folks who are um, uh, some Republicans who are going to make some statement today. So uh, watch out for a massive jumping of the ship off the ship on the part of some Republicans who really didn't want to give President Trump a uh, a win anyway uh, because keep in mind you know there are a, there are a lot of people who don't have a choice as to whether or not they support president trump because things are going really well economically and the president's policies seem to be paying off for this country whether it they be trade policies economic policies his uh his foreign affairs prowess his dealing with other countries uh, defense, all that kind of stuff, he's getting very high marks for. So you have to really be a rogue to to throw the president under the bus. And so there are a lot of Republicans and Democrats, for that matter. I think Claire McCaskill was one of them who had who were between a rock and the hard place. Uh, they they had to basically fall in line with the president, whether they wanted to or not. They had to kind of go along with him. So there wasn't a Republican who was in all likelihood going to uh, going to vote against Kavanaugh. It wasn't it was very unlikely. Like if you were Jeff Flake and you voted against him, it would just simply confirm what a small person you are. It would it would confirm that. And so even Jeff Flake, even even somebody as bad as he is, as soulless as he is, have a certain level of decency. And so he wasn't going to go ahead and, and just, you know, uh, throw Kavanaugh under the bus like that. So he couldn't. Lindsey Graham couldn't. Susan Collins, even though that bribery thing maybe worked, but Susan Collins, uh, to me, was going to be a yes vote for Kavanaugh. And there was also a really good chance that that Claire McCaskill would be a yes vote for Kavanaugh because Claire McCaskill would ultimately uh, see the light and know that if she were going to try to get anybody who might be more moderate to c- come over to her side, she was going to have to vote for Brett Kavanaugh. Now, 
because of this accusation, which is all that it is, in my opinion, uh, the Kavanaugh confirmation could possibly go uh, south because Susan Collins and the rest of these people now finally have some degree of cover when it is uh, their time to take a vote. Some degree of cover uh, when it comes to saying no. So already, for instance, you have uh, uh, two Republican senators, including Jeff Flake, who sits on the Judiciary Committee, now say they're in favor of delaying the vote on Brett Kavanaugh. And, of course, Jeff Flake, of course, is, is, is happy to delay the vote because he doesn't want the president to win. This has nothing to do with Senator Flake and his concern for women or his concern for sexual assault victims or whatever. This is solely because Jeff Flake hates Donald Trump and he wants revenge. So he wants to delay this vote. Uh, because he doesn't want to give Trump any victory at all. And you have Flake, who is the, uh, is, is, is the never-Trump piece of garbage that is just going to get in the way because he's, uh, he's against it. And guess who else is, uh, is in favor of delaying the vote? Little Bob Corker. That's right, little Bob Corker. Little Bob Corker who hates the president too. Little Bob Corker who hates the fact that the president calls him little Bob Corker. So he has told Political now that he supports delaying the vote. And guess who else is on the fence about delaying the vote? Susan Collins. So, you guys, this is this is what's going on and and delaying the vote yeah i mean it doesn't jeopardize necessarily kavanaugh's uh positioning but the more you delay it uh the worse it's going to get because people are going to start filling in these blanks with more lies but anyway this christine blasey ford the woman who is accusing kavanaugh of sexual assault is uh wishing uh, and and willing to testify before the Judiciary Committee hearing, uh, before the Judiciary Committee. And, and the only thing I have an issue with that is, the reason I have an issue with it is because I'm afraid that she's going to go before the Judiciary Committee and she's going to be allowed to say whatever she wants to say without anybody getting in her face about it or, or demanding to have uh, the facts or more facts or more proof. And the reason why this is going to be a problem is because there are people on the committee. Jeff Flake, for instance. Is Jeff Flake going to sit there and uh, and interrogate her? The way, the, the way, for instance, they interrogated Kavanaugh or the, the, the way they uh, interrogated other individuals that come before them? No, of course they're not. Because even the most conservative of the committee members is going to be afraid to be portrayed as 
being against sexual assault victims or uh, or being not fully part of the Me Too movement. They're going to be afraid of that, and and, and that's why they're going to have that, that's why they're going to approach this thing uh, from from that point of view. That oh, I don't want to be accused. Because the minute you ask any kind of tough question, you're going to be victimizing the victim all over again. That's how these things work, people. She's going to go before this committee, and they're going to just simply just uh, at this point say, hey, um, say whatever you want because we're just going to get through this and let you testify. They're not going to be tough on her at all. Like you'd want to ask her some questions like, Do you, did you support Bernie Sanders for the presidency? Now, of course, people might say, well, that's irrelevant to the accusation at hand. And listen – Everything is relevant, isn't it? Aren't, aren't the motivations of an accuser up for grabs? Aren't they, you know, aren't they all in some kind of question when it comes to motivations? I don't care what it is. I mean, certainly you'd have to question the motivations of some people who accuse Weinstein or some people. You know, not every accusation is automatically true because somebody is making it. That's just the way it is. So anyway, she's a, a long time, been, been a big Bernie Sanders supporter, leftist activist, that kind of thing. And her attorney is a individual who has been on the record as, uh, as supporting the resistance. She's a, she's a full-fledged Resistor. And so you've got two people who are clearly have different political points of view than the president, and in fact, aggressively such. So uh, there could be a situation where, uh, where in this particular instance, you're going to have to have some degree of questioning of them. So, uh, but in order for us to clear the air and not, and also ask her why the therapist's notes are different than her recounting, why the therapist doesn't the therapist notes don't contain the name of Brett Kavanaugh. Now I could I could defend her on that one because uh, if she's recounting an incident and she talks about powerful people, Kavanaugh's name wouldn't likely pop up because even though Kavanaugh prior to being nominated was indeed a uh, uh, a prominent uh, person, his name wouldn't necessarily be relevant to a discussion in a counseling session of a woman who says she was assaulted or somebody attempted to assault her. It wouldn't necessarily be relevant in in that kind of discussion. I, I, so, so, I, so the fact that his name isn't mentioned isn't that big of a deal. Uh, but I would also assert that why wouldn't it be a big deal if it were only two guys? She, she'd know who they were, but whether or not they would come up in a therapist session, I don't know. I mean, I, but the therapist is recounting that there was four people, not two. And the woman is claiming, Ford is claiming, that, well, that's just because I said there were four people in the room. 
But let me ask you something about this. Her her accusations are very precise. I mean, they're they're very directed. Two guys, one holding her down, the other egging her on. So uh, you'd you'd have a situation where uh, where um, you'd have a situation where you you uh, have to think that that that's that's precise enough to actually merit even naming them. I don't know. But but then again, it's two people. And and the fact that the person says four, you think, well, if you're telling a story about being held down by one guy and attacked and, and, and the other guy's egging the one guy on who's holding you down, wouldn't that – how is it that the therapist would turn that into four guys? And how is that all – if it was that important for you to mention, why is that – why is that not congruent with your description, your therapist's description of it? I, I, I mean, again, she's making the accusation. Everything is relevant, and questions are too. Any question is relevant. And so as far as I'm concerned, uh, it's, it's, it's an important point to make. But will there be a Republican with any balls – to ask those questions. I doubt it. There might be, but I doubt it because everybody's so scared now to be tarred and feathered and tarnished. Everybody's so scared now that they, they will just, they'll simply not, uh, I don't think they'll ask the tough questions. But I will have to tell you um, that right now it appears that some Democrats who might have otherwise been forced to vote for uh, Kavanaugh will not. At this point, Claire McCaskill is not going to vote for uh, that. The, Claire McCaskill is not going to vote for Kavanaugh. And 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 before that, you know, um, she she might have. And Susan Collins won't uh, probably. And, and neither will Jeff Flake. And Jeff Flake will do it just because it's, it, it's, it's, it's in his own personal interest not to. So right now, it does appear, though, that Collins and Murkowski, for instance, from who's also kind of uh, prone to be more or less uh, anti-Trump whenever they can, but uh, they, they, they haven't really made an outward statement. Today, we're expecting uh, uh, the, some degree of, of, of commentary from them. So she has uh, done a lot of this woman who's making the accusations kind of uh, lives in this area of uh, psychological trauma. She's written plenty of papers about it, and she's written papers that cover the relationship between childhood abuse and neglect, adult depression, uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome after the terrorist attacks, that kind of thing. Um, and she, in using her professional name, which is Christine Blasey, she doesn't use the Ford name, she's made three donations since January 2017, just totaling $42 to Act Blue, which is uh, a online service that provides a one-stop donation platform used by Democrats seeking office. And the therapist, by the way, involved in this, um, 
says that that Mrs. Ford, as they refer to her in the Wall Street Journal, recounts being assaulted by students from an elitist boys' school, but never named Judge Kavanaugh in it. And again, uh, that's not unusual, I don't think. She was in couples therapy with her with her husband, and she probably made a general statement, and I'm not quite sure the name at that point would have been uh, relevant. Uh, the therapist also noted that there were four boys involved, and 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 now Mrs. Ford, as they call her again, say that was a uh, the therapist's error. And at the time uh, of this, and this is like by the way, not 1950. Okay, this is not that long ago. Well, I mean, it's it's 30 years ago, but it's it's not it's not in an age where you wouldn't have told anybody. I mean, if somebody was attempting to rape you, why why wouldn't you tell them? And, and that would be—is that a question that's going to be asked of her at the uh, at the hearing? So, okay, so why didn't you, Mrs. Ford, tell anyone about the incident at the time when you had two people who you knew their names, right? It two this wasn't just like you know two strangers. You knew who they were because you were at a party with them. And why wouldn't you have made, if you were, if somebody really was, in your opinion, attempting to rape you, why wouldn't you have made a complaint about it at the time? Well, she tells the reporters who were talking to her, she goes, well, I was, I didn't want to get in trouble with my parents for being at a party where teenagers were drinking. And at that point then, I am a, uh, a person on, on, on the committee. And I would say, okay, so you were drinking at the time? Because that's why you didn't want to tell your parents, right? So you were drinking. And I guess let's just pretend that her answer would be yes. But it's interesting how she doesn't say she was drinking. She just says, well, I didn't want to be um, get in trouble with my parents for being at a party where teenagers were drinking. And what does that mean? Well, I'd have, to ask, I'd have to ask her that. Would I, as a Republican, have the guts to ask her that if I'm, tr- if I'm trying to f- find out whether or not this is just another one of these false accusations being levied by a couple of left-wingers, her and her lawyer, who want to bring down uh, President Trump's judicial nominee. So at that point, I would, uh, I would say, okay, so uh, let's get this straight then. You, uh, you were at a party where teenagers were drinking. That's why you didn't want to tell your parents. And then what do you think the next question would be? Were you drinking? And then you say, uh, after you ask her that question, and then and then you uh, th- th- then 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 what happens when you ask her that question? She might say, uh, "Well, yes, I-, I was drinking. Yes, I was drinking." And then I'd say, "Well, you were drinking. How much did you drink?" No, oh, uh, I don't know. Um, not much. So you, so you weren't drunk? No. But you were at a party where kids were drinking? Yes. 
Okay. Now, she could answer, no, I wasn't drinking, but everybody else was. At that point, you'd be like, okay. But you didn't want to tell your parents you were at a party where teenagers were drinking. So again, and then at that point then, you'd have to then reach into disputing whether or not she could actually remember what was happening because this happens all the time. When people have been judged to be under the influence, their recollection of events don't always kind of uh, match the actual events. And you, you all, you drunks know that. Good morning, you bunch of drunks. Good morning. Uh, let me find that for you, by the way. Yeah, so, so at some point you'd have to question whether or not you're able to really uh, recollect everything accurately. And... My sense is, good morning. My sense is that that would be a question that should be asked of her if she decides to testify. And 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 of course, again, if you are uh, if you are drinking and you are drunk, that still doesn't make you. Um, it still doesn't give anybody the right to attack you or molest you or whatever. And 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 it still doesn't mean you're at fault. If it happens either. So, I mean, I'm, I understand that and I'm, I wouldn't try to make that claim. But at the very least, given what the information we have right now. So I'm like, OK, so uh, you're at a party where teenagers were drinking. You didn't want to tell your parents. That's why you didn't report the sexual assault. Right. Right. OK. So you were drinking, though, right? Yes, I was drinking. And and you were drinking a lot. Yes. So are you remembering everything correctly? Yes. Okay. When you told your therapist about all this, is it possible that your therapist uh, is accurate and you're not? Like that there were four boys and you claim there were two and you're saying the therapist is wrong. At that point, I want to bring the therapist up too. We might as well, right? Let's bring the therapist in. Let's have the therapist testify uh, before the Judiciary Committee. And, and let's, let's, you know, let, let's, let's figure this out. What story is what? Would it be kind of weird to have a therapist up there? I don't know. But 37 years ago, but the therapist took notes. And, and the notes didn't, didn't coincide with the with – the, Language used by the the person. All I'm saying is, are we going to have people, uh, anybody with any balls, question her the way she ought to be questioned, the way anybody else should be questioned when they make an accusation that could make or break somebody's lives? Like, wouldn't that be something that we would uh, we would be curious about? And shouldn't that be something that our Republicans have some guts to attack and, 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 to, and, to, and to see. Get to the bottom of it, one way or the other. And unfortunately, I just don't think we have anybody who's going to do that because they're too afraid of being attacked. Has, has not sympathetic to the Me Too movement because these days... If you're in any way, shape, or form not fully on board with the Me Too movement, then you are 
guilty as charged. So we'll see how it all shakes out today. It's going to be a week of this, though. I expect some kind of whiny, baby, pansy floor speech by Jeff Flake today. Because he's going to run with this. He finally has something he can get President Trump back on. That's what's so frustrating about this environment we're in right now. Everything is related to trying to deny Trump successes. Hey, folks, do you have credit card debt? That's my question for you. Come before my hearing, and I will question you. I'll ask you a question. Do you have credit card debt? Well, Golden Oak Lending has all the expertise you need to show you how to refinance your home, turn its increased value into cash, and you pay nothing out of pocket. You're going, what do you mean increased value? How do I know that my value has increased. Well, let me tell you something. It absolutely has increased. This economy has been great for home values. And a lot of people just don't call because they just don't know. Or they think it's going to cost them money. Well, you know what? You call Golden Elk at 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD. First, if you can, just say, hey, you know what? Thanks for supporting Radio Free Almonds. Awesome. And secondly, say, can you give me a free mortgage checkup? Because that's what they're going to do. A free mortgage checkup to find out what kind of money you have in terms of your value and how they could possibly try to get that back to you in that sense with a refi. And they're really good at it. You know, the Business Journal named Golden Oak one of the three biggest lenders in the country. And Golden Oak's right here in St. Louis. So if I'm you, I'm forgetting about the other two. I'm I'm forgetting about the other two and going with the people who are here in town. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with people who are friends of mine. I'm going to go with people who know where I live. You know what I mean? They know my house. They know the neighborhood I'm talking about. The rates are now in the threes. So they're either going to save you money or it's going to cost you nothing to find out. And that's what's so cool about it. 314-567-GOLD. 314-567-GOLD is where you're going to find uh, prosperity coming right back. It's interesting that no Democrats, going back to the cases with this accuser, no Democrats have asked her to testify publicly. It's been all, well, Republicans not asking her, but being seemingly open to the idea of her testifying publicly. But, like, for instance, Dick Durbin was asked about it. On CNN. 
And this is an interesting. This is an interesting response of his to uh, to this. I mean, very interesting response to the question. Trump is said to be annoyed that Judge Kavanaugh's name is being dragged through the mud. That's what was just related to me. But there are no plans to pull the nomination. Well, that is a decision which Judge Kavanaugh, his family, and the White House will have to make. We have to do our job on the Judiciary Committee. Be fair to both. Be fair to the judge. Be fair to Dr. Ford. Make sure the facts are before the American people so they understand that we've asked the right questions. At the beginning of this interview, you seem to suggest that having this testimony public this week might be too soon, too fast. No question that it is. I mean, there have been suggestions, well, let's just have a conference call uh, with the chairman of the committee and perhaps uh, Senator Feinstein. They can talk to the people and, and that'll be the end of it. I don't think that's uh, sufficient. And the statement by uh, Ms. Katz this morning representing uh, Dr. Ford says that she is prepared to testify publicly. She said it to Allison right here. But, but if, for instance, Chuck Grassley were to say, you know what, I'm clearing the calendar for tomorrow. Let's have them both up here tomorrow. I don't know if that's fair. I really don't. I mean, think about this. We kept the Supreme Court vacancy open for 400 days because Senator McConnell would not allow Merrick Garland to ah. even have an appointment, the Supreme Court nominee of, of President Obama. 400 days. And now they're telling us this is a matter of hours. We've got to get this done in hours. Let's do this the right way, a thoughtful way. It's a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land. It's a generation decision. So... Let me ask Dick Durbin this, though. Isn't it unusual for Dick Durbin to, when the woman and her attorney are both saying, we want to testify, why would Dick Durbin not want this to happen tomorrow? Why? I mean, uh, this is an accusation against Kavanaugh, and it's a serious one. Why wouldn't he want the, 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 to uh, happen tomorrow? When the woman says that she's ready to go, and her attorney says we're ready, we're ready to go. We'll go ahead and 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 uh, uh, and get this going. I'll, I'll go ahead and testify now. And and, Dur- and Durbin is like, uh, well, no, 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 no. We don't want that. Like, wait a minute. Why wouldn't you want that? Why why wouldn't you want that? I mean, you're a Democrat. You'd think that you'd want to get this stuff front and center right now. No, you know why Durbin doesn't want it to happen tomorrow is because you've got Florence going on, which is the top of the news. And, 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 and every time you turn around, Florence is going to be at the very top. You've got a million people without power. You've got people underwater. You've got businesses destroyed, everything else. And so why would Durbin want to do this now when it's not going to be number one on the news cycle, the number one story. Now, maybe it would be. Uh, I, I don't. I, I can't really predict, but I think that generally the networks are more obsessed with uh, covering, and, and rightly so, our fellow Americans who are certainly in peril. And this is a big. And, and Florence is a big story. But why would why would he want to uh, delay this? Well. For that reason, because it wouldn't get number one status as a story and wouldn't get the prominence that it's get. But also, he wants this to linger for a while so that nine member panels on CNN can convict Kavanaugh 
before the actual hearing takes place. So he wants this to kind of settle in a little bit more. He doesn't want this story to die all of a sudden with some uh, comments that she makes that perhaps might be uh, not supportive of her own story. I also think there's a third reason for this, and that is because they want to get at her first, and they want to and they want to coach her through this. She wants to like this this reporter who said, "Hey, what if they're ready tomorrow?" I mean, what, what if she says she's ready tomorrow? We've got to get this done in hours. That's fair. I really don't. I mean, here I'll show this you. morning representing uh, Dr. Ford says that she is prepared to testify publicly. She said it to Allison right here. But but if, for instance, Chuck Grassley were to say, you know what? I'm clearing the calendar for tomorrow. Let's have them both up here tomorrow. I don't know if that's fair. Oh, no, I, no, it wouldn't be. We need more time to uh, convict Kavanaugh. We need more time to make crap up. We need more time to coach her. Get at her first and talk to her about what she can expect at this Judiciary Committee. And we also want people uh, with this, this, this Florence thing to go away a little while. So we have this as, as the number one news story. Because otherwise, if Durbin, because I'm, I'm all for having her testify and listening to her, I want to hear her story. I want to hear what she has to say. If Kavanaugh is some kind of rapist, I want to know. I, I, don't want, I don't want the next Supreme Court justice to be some rapist, right? Let's get it out there. Let's, 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 let's air this out and let's get the ball rolling here and get all of the story out. But there's, interestingly enough, Dick Durbin. Saying no, 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 not so fast. That's a pretty. Uh, that's a pretty interesting way uh, to 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 look at things, isn't it? Now, it's a pretty interesting way to look at things. So you got to question the motivation because all of us are ready. We want to hear her, don't you? Or do you? Or do you think she's such a, a a lying person that she shouldn't even get a hearing? I think most of us, if we're asked, would say no. Let's listen to her. Let's hear what she has to say. And let's wonder why Dick Durbin and the other Democrats might not want her to testify right away. Why is that? I mean, hell, even Kellyanne Conway saying, let's hear it. We, let's, we don't want to suppress her voice. We don't want to... Deny her the right to tell her side of the story. Let's do it. Why isn't Durbin wanting to do that? Interesting. Because you know he doesn't want to... He wouldn't vote for Kavanaugh, so why wouldn't he want to do something that could unravel the Kavanaugh confirmation? Or does he know something about her story that's not going to... uh, Cold water, or does he really just want to delay this vote and just squeeze this thing out and get it through the midterms? Once again, folks, these folks who come out of the woodwork and claim to be concerned about people, this isn't a concern about this woman, if they were really concerned about her and whether or not she was a rape victim or attempted rape victim, they'd want her story out right away to air it out. Tell her side of the story. Let's hear it. 
They don't care, though. Dick Durbin wants to delay the vote. Jeff Flake doesn't care about this woman's well-being. He cares about revenge on President Trump. So that's what it's all about, people. Radio Free Allman live from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesignink.com. Don't forget, check him out. Thank you to Proctor Drapery. Proctor spelled like doctor, proctordrapery.com. Thank you to, of course, Golden Oak Lending, as I talked about just a second ago. Thank you to uh, Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency, 855-QUOTE-ME. Thank you also to Dr. Deputy, deputywellness.com. Thank you to Santino Cigars and Cocktails. We're going to see you on the 27th. It's a Thursday. It's the week after this, Thursday night. I think we're calling it 5. And the County Brown Barbecue guys will be out there as well. Thank you also to Tracy Ellis, tracyellis.com, for her support, unflagging support of this show and of Common Sense Radio. So you all take care. Have a good rest of your day. Talk to you tomorrow morning.